Fight Radio listeners, welcome to the show. It's that night, the call-in show. We're taking your calls from 9 p.m. to midnight Eastern Standard Time. The number to dial is 614-655-3887. You can watch us on Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube, or just subscribe to the podcast, listen while you work, or whatever it is that you do while you listen to your podcasts. Uh, we have lots of bonus material available. You can get that by going to patreon.com slash streetfightradio. Shocktober Volume 2 is still happening. So there's new episodes coming this week and next. So head over to patreon.com slash streetfightradio so you don't want to miss those. Uh, we've also got a new shirt this month. Uh, the Skull shirt is done. That pre-order is done. I've got a new shirt on the way uh artistic run of shirts with uh Lermworm. you know her from previous zines and call-in shows she has the poster for the abcd show so we'll have that debuting very soon you can find everything that we do and get updated by following us on social media uh, or patreon.com either of those will do it for you we're on facebook Twitter and YouTube pretty regularly along with Instagram as well so Street Fight WCRS is a place to find us if you want to send us stories or give us a shout out ask any questions whatever it is we're here and available uh, if you didn't know Brian's old Twitter name Murder Brian is gone he's now Murder X Brian if you want to find him on Twitter in case you realized uh, he's missing from your feet changing my name to Tony Bobolinsky though oh and to in protest yeah, the government won't do anything about this. Tony Bobolinsky, they won't investigate. So I'm going to change my name so that they will. What happened to Tony Bobolinsky? Now that you're asking a question that I just don't know the answer to. I just know that Tony Bobolinsky is the new conservative thing to yell all the time. He's, he's a freedom fighter. Yeah, yeah, he is. He, uh, uh, I mean, I can look it up and find it, but it's almost more fun not to know. Tony Bobulinski. Here we yeah. go. He's Biden's accuser. And uh, yeah, he accuses Joe Biden of being part of a crime family. Ah, yeah, I agree then. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, the crime the, family. The Biden crime family. The that's Irish what the conservatives now. Or what? That's what the conservatives call it now. The Biden crime family. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, now I'm listening. Yeah. But we, we like crime families and Sopranos, big, big deal of a TV show. Yeah. Heat was yeah. a movie and, you know, Donnie Brasco. Uh, so we you like know, to do crime and we have families. They risk making it sound badass. They they risk making Joe Biden sound badass to Americans. But from what I can tell, the Hunter Biden stuff is just that he's kind of a pervert that likes drugs, though. Right. Which is like. One of well, us. if we went after people's sons, people for their sons being perverts that do drugs, my dad's in a lot of trouble. Right. You know? Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> a lot of dads are in trouble. Yeah. Most of the dads are in trouble if we start going after perverts that do drugs, because that's just that's most of America, pretty much, are perverts that do drugs. Uh, man, it's daylight savings. It's got me tired, man. It wore it wore me out. I took a little nap at your house earlier today. Yeah, I'm wore out. I was gonna take a nap before I came here, but I didn't fall asleep, and I'm tired, man. I don't know why. 
Um, well, I guess anybody watching on stream, I did a we did a Halloween party last night. I have not showered yet, so I still have like gray makeup all over my ears, and I kind of have like a little bit of eyeliner on still. <laughs> the weather is so bad in Columbus today; yeah, it's just bad, bad, bad. And I think that's what's really got me tired. You know, you get tired when the weather's bad, and I'm just like, "Fuck, man!" Very gray, very cold, snowing, snowed, not. We always say snowing when it just trickles out, you know, but like it was technically snowing today and it sucked, but it was so windy. And anybody who's listened to the show for nine years knows that uh, I hate wind. I think wind is like the worst thing in the world. Actually, of all the weather phenomenon, wind is the one I hate the most. I've always just been that way. You know, during the summer, you can't get wind. True. Wind don't happen during the summer. Wind only happens in the winter time, and uh, so the wind's back in Ohio. We got it back. But I did look at the weather today. It's going to be seventy later in the week. So okay, things That's a are pick me up. Things are going to be a little pick me up. It's going to be dark early, which I like. I like dark early. I just got to get used to it. I also had these like really grand dreams of waking up early today. Like uh -huh. I, I was walking up. I Brett heard me talking about it yesterday. Probably other people heard me talking about. Oh, I love daylight savings. I get up early that day. And uh, as I was walking up to bed last night, I said offhanded to my wife, "I was like, I'm looking to get up at nine thirty tomorrow." You know, because yeah, extra hour. Ten to, you know what yes. I mean? Yeah, you get a little extra hour. Woke up at ten thirty. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it wasn't nothing i didn't get i didn't get a pop out of this daylight savings time at all yeah and you I, know i'm a guy that has a job where the time doesn't matter right but i still for some reason this year it's it's hitting hard it's hitting it do be hitting like that you know who knows no. tomorrow we don't have to work yeah we get paid so maybe tomorrow will be a whole new day where I feel really great. I think technically it is a whole new day. It is. It is. But it's a good kind of day. Uh-huh. You know. Yeah, so. I woke up in the 9 o'clock hour and then immediately was like, well, I can sleep for another hour and it's not late. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I, I got up and like got out of bed and got ready and I left and I was like, you know, well, the sun's out. And then boom, the fucking sun went away the wind whipped up and it was just crummy out there i was like this is not good and now i'm just tired as shit you know i'm just I'm real tired tonight it, it feels is, late as fuck it does it feel i feel like we've just started this show at two in the morning because it's just like it's been dark for so long it's just and, and we're not covering new ground you know uh I guess before we get to calls, it's the last time we get to do this without knowing, maybe. I mean, I guess next Wednesday, it's possible we don't know. Election Tuesday. It's Tuesday. We finally find out. The show ends this Tuesday. It's all over. We'll find out. Who our new dad's going to be. Or if we keep the same dad. Yeah, I don't know. I, it probably won't be done Tuesday. By all accounts, they're saying it won't be done Tuesday. But uh, I'm going to hope it's done Tuesday. Now, what I think happens Tuesday, I know forecasting is 
is not my strong suit. I'm not a political genius. I assume one of the two of them declares victory and the other one strongly disagrees. <laughs> is I, I think what happens Tuesday. And then we drag it out for yeah. a little while longer, you know? Uh, that sounds right to me. Yeah, it's, it sounds like perfect for the news, you know? It's uh, Donald Trump, I just is a guy that I don't think knows how to lose. I don't think he wants to lose very badly. So I think he'll probably declare victory on Tuesday and just hope that saying that you won means you won, you know? Which, to be honest, it kind of could in this country. Yeah, I um But it's like watching like it's weird watching this go down and and being a few days out out from it because like at this point it really feels like a different it feels like I'm watching a different country's election play out because like ours have always had the appearance of being orderly. Right. Transitions of power and this one does not. <laughs> I I mean people are afraid about whoever wins. I mean, people on the left are afraid about whoever wins. Yeah. Yep. You know, a lot of people think if Biden wins, it'll lead to a rise in right wing violence. Yep. That's true. And uh, I would be hard pressed to disagree with that. Uh, you know, I hope it doesn't. But uh, I can definitely see why you would be worried about that. You know, and if Trump wins. An increase in right wing violence. Because they're emboldened. So I don't think there's a way to get out of this without an increase in right-wing violence. Yeah, they seem pretty set on it. So I I don't know, man. I don't know. We're going to do delete your account uh, on Wednesday this, this year, the day after the election. We did it night of last year. Oh, you're right. Last election. So we're going to do that uh, uh, before we do Street Fight on um, on Wednesday. And then we're going to do Street Fight. And uh, who knows what we'll talk about on Street Fight, though. You know, we're not super dependent on that news cycle anyway. I'm sure it'll come up, but. Yeah, I mean, there'll, there'll have to be some stuff to talk about. Well, if anything, coverage. I'm, I, I, although, I can't even really watch coverage. I set up work for myself that night. I got a, a man cow. On I Tuesday got, night. I got to cover old man cow. Okay. You know? Yeah. Which is probably more important that who ends up being president to me is uh, Man Cow. Man Cow. Just in calls. general. Yeah, he is something else. He's been on fire. I've been listening to him for the past three days. And I got to tell you, man, it's hard to find stuff to cut out because you want it all. You just want to listen to him for an hour? I do. I just want to two hours. I just want a, two hours of Man Cow. I listened to him today, just a little preview for, for all you Shocktoberheads. I listened to him today taking credit for Jim Norton's career to Jim Norton and saying he he had more to do with him being successful than Opie and Anthony. And I said, this, that's balls, my man. That is the move right there. So I love, I think maybe that is the difference between podcasting and stuff. And radio now, in my mind, is that like they love taking credit for shit. And we kind of like to push the credit around, you know? I'm not like, we could be 
the Howard Stern and be like, we invented this thing. Yeah. But I don't want to be the Howard Stern and say I invented something. I, I also will do a little bit of cleanup from the Shocktober episode where I said Howard Stern claims to have invented things. And he has, and I couldn't list any of the things he claimed to have invented. I got two of them. MTV Unplugged. Okay. He claims to have invented MTV Unplugged. So that's why having thing. people in his studio play acoustic or something, probably. Yes. Yes. And recording it. Apparently, okay. You know, and uh, roasts. So roasts. Yeah. Roasts. No way. Yeah. He said he invented roasts. No way. Yeah. He's a guy that he loves to say he invented stuff. But then you know what, though? When he says he invented stuff, he does like to start with, I don't like to brag or toot, toot my horn or anything, but I invented roasts. And I'm like, holy moly. He has more. I mean, that's so that's just so wrong. It's funny, though. It is a funny thing to say. I don't think he no one else is. I guess because no one else is running around trying to take it. Just the Friars Club, I guess. People should say they invented roasts. I think, you know, I people should say they invented more stuff. Nobody can stop you, you know? Yeah. Okay. That's just my opinion. I agree. So, I don't know. who who Are we going to make a, a prediction on who wins this election? I, I'm not going to. I'm going to. Okay. I'm going to do it. I did it last year. I'm going to do it this year because I got guts. And if I could have bet, I would have bet. It's going to be Joe Biden. Jumping Joe Biden from Delaware is going to win. Okay. That's what I think. But, you know, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I took a stand, though. I, I did. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I at least put myself out there, which is, is what the real radio man does. He puts himself out there. Okay. Well, so, congratulations, real radio man. Hey, you know, you got to do it, man. Even if you're wrong, you put yourself on the line because then once you get to, I had a I had a moment during the last debate. It was really important to me. And it was when Joe Biden was answering a question about Black Lives Matter. Uh-huh. And as he was answering the question, I tweeted, Trump is about to bring up the 94 crime bill. Uh-huh. When I went to Trump, first thing he says, 94 crime bill. Everybody on Twitter, so many people on Twitter were like, damn, you got it. And I was like, I'm going to start forecasting more stuff because he's got like a really good feeling out of that. You know? once, once you get it, yeah. <laughs> you get credit. Yeah. And if you don't get it, people don't come at you and say right. you didn't get it. I mean, look, somebody could say, Brian, you said Biden was going to win and Trump won. And that that's two minutes. But if Biden wins, then I can crow about it for days and it'll never get old although betting on the election or, or choosing somebody in a presidential election is kind of not that cool because it's only two people it's like you bet on formula one yeah it's like there's a lot of odds there. 11 people probably or 12 or 20 i don't know there's 20 total yeah there's 20 of them there is one sure thing though. There's one guy that always wins. Oh really? Yeah. Well, that's not good. He pays negative actually on bets. Like if you bet on him, you get less money. <laughs> oh. On my bookie, if you bet on Lewis Hamilton, his odds are like negative one hundred. Lewis Hamilton, quit winning. You're ruining it. Oh, he's breaking all the records. Is he really? Oh yeah. He just Matt. He I don't. I didn't watch today. I don't know what happened today. 
But uh, last last week he got the most wins of all time. Hmm, that's crazy. Yeah, and he just wins them all. No, there's been shakeups. He doesn't win them all. No, but he wins ninety percent of them. <laughs> I'm gonna lean towards uh, uh, not. I wouldn't bet on him. I would yeah. bet on somebody else. That's where the money's at. Yeah, hell yeah, there is. Hell yeah, there is. And you know what else I did this week? Or this two weeks? I'm going to give two weeks of this. I let myself run out of weed. I have a fucking medical card, and my co-host sells weed. And I fucking let myself run out of weed this week. That sucks. I feel like a fucking fool. You don't have any? I have a little bit. But technically, I ran out a little bit, you know, of my stuff. Right. You couldn't go as hard as you wanted? No, 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 no. I only have one of my favorite ones left, and it's only five milligrams. And I usually take two on one of those. So. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, I just let myself run out. I don't know why the fuck I did that. You got to you gotta get ahead of it. I know. Well, I the and they had 25% off today, but we don't get paid till tomorrow. So. You lost money on that. I did lose money on that. Thank you. My irresponsible money habits made me lose money this week. Unbelievable. I know. It's just get out of here. You know? What did I get in trouble, though? I, I got in trouble this week because I was complaining about money and then some money hit the bank account. And then I used that money to pay some bills. That brought us right back down to the money I was complaining about. Yeah. But I felt good because I paid bills. This is my new thing now. I pay bills. I feel good about it for two minutes. And then I look at the account and I'm like, I should have probably waited to pay that bill. Yeah. You know? Yeah. These damn bills. Yeah. Bills, 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 as Destiny's Child said. Um, yeah, I don't. I Yeah, I uh, I hate paying them to them. I hate I them all. to say. Let's answer some calls, man. Maybe we get out of here early. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I'm, uh, I don't feel. You don't feel ready to take calls? I'm ready to take calls. I just feel very, like, lethargic right Me now. Me too. That's where I'm at, too. Uh, thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, what's up? Not a lot. It's the Lethargic Show with Brett and Brian. Lethargic Fight. Who's this? Sleepy time. It is. time street fight. It is. It's Lermy. Lermy. Hey, thanks for making a shirt for us. A shirt. Hey, my pleasure. Oh, yeah. We're tired. My favorite shit to do. The weather is killing us, I think. I think tonight, Brett was at my house earlier. I, I, uh, uh, what I did was I made 12 pizza doughs with no plans on how to use all 12 of them. Oh with, <laughs> really with ten, I there were 10 that I didn't know what I was going to do with and two that I knew were going to get used and uh, Brett and my wife went Brett and my wife and their, our family went on a hike while I went out and took my walk and they decided Katie was like you should just eat pizza with us so we made all these pizzas and I think also eating a bunch of pizza because I kept saying I just I'm done and then getting more and more and more. And uh, now I'm just beat. I am, you know, it's the pizza. It's the darkness. It's the cold. Yeah, so you're full of pizza and the world is dark and windy. It is. Thank you. Yes. That, this, that is my cross to bear, you know. 
So what? <laughs> what somebody's gotta. Yeah. What's up, worm? Warmy. Well, um, I'm riding the high of uh, an event that I just planned being pretty successful. That's, so that's good. cool. Um, I did like a together a DIY screen printing party for um, this group that I organized with called Reclaim Rhode Island. Um, okay. So basically, it was just like, uh, you know, you show up, bring some shirts, and then we have screens and printing stuff, and you come out of it with some Reclaim Rhode Island swag. Real? I didn't even know. I thought you were in the South for some reason. <laughs> no, I moved further north. I mean, I used to live in Philly, which I don't know. I guess technically that's not the South. The South is Pennsylvania. Why the uh, fuck I did I? Why did I think you were in Asheville? What What would be the reason for me to? Oh, I think I know. I think it's because the first uh, thing I ever did for you guys was that Asheville tour poster. Oh, you know what? That's it. That's it. Because I was like, Rhode Island. What do you What do you get involved yeah. <laughs> with Rhode Island for? I we were gonna go to Rhode Island this year. That was that no, was a tour I was so spot. excited. Yeah. Well, we'll be back. That Rhode Island will definitely happen if the club's still open because they asked us. So Damn. I mean that makes it much easier for us to book. Yeah. When the club says, Will you play this club? I, I guess like they had been in contact with Chapo. Chapo performed there and then they something happened where they got a hold of us, so we're feeling we That's we cool. were feeling yeah, Rhode pretty Island good. is like very interesting little state. Um, is weed legal there? Actually, called in. No, oh. it's not, and it should be. We're actually, yeah. One of the things that Reclaim is like organizing is um, we got some. We helped get some progressives elected in the state, um, the okay. state houses, and it's like because it's so small here. It's like. If you are organized, you can get actual progressives like into the state house. And once you have enough of them, you know, we're trying to tip the scale so we can get stuff like weed legalized, $15 minimum wage. Um, the thing we're working on now is like a state budget that doesn't suck. But I actually called in to talk shit about my old job. Okay. That's like a fun classic topic. It yeah. is. It's one of our faves. Love shitty jobs. Yeah, but I got to sip some water. I got to get, it's drying me out just thinking about it. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, do you want to hear something while you're drinking water? I'll, I'll tell a little story. My stomach was hurting for a few days, like a oh, week. God. Uh, uh, what, what do you mean? You no, I'm ready for tell this. the story. No, you should. It's just a, it's such a great, uh, it's a crazy story. Okay. Uh, <laughs> So my stomach was hurting for a uh, uh, about a week, and I was like, "Oh man, my stomach hurts." Last Wednesday, I was here doing the podcast, and I took a big chug from my Gatorade, right? And my stomach just felt like a jab, like even more, right? Like it was hurting then, and it felt like a jab. And uh, I was like, man, why is my stomach hurting so bad? It's got to be all this and that and this. And then I Googled it and found out that the citric acid in Gatorade 
can cause stomach aches. Oh, really? It can, yes. And that I, personally, Brian, had replaced water with Gatorade in my diet. Oh, my God. That's yeah. probably Gatorade plus Carmelo is some kind of <laughs> chemical reaction. Dude, I was not drinking any water at all. How many Gatorades the a day? day? Like five. What? Five Gatorades a day. What? The big ones. The big 32? ones at the store. 32 ounce. The ones I was bringing here. I was drinking five or six of those. Every day. All day. When I'm wow. walking, Gatorade. I, the only other thing I drank was Diet Pepsi. Oh God! Got those electrolytes though. How else are you gonna? Aren't you worried about your electrolyte intake, dude? That was where I was. Here's here's where my brain was. It was like, well, I'm not gonna get dehydrated, right. you know. I thought I was super hydrating. I thought I was doing like something really good for my body. Mm. And I then think at a certain point, you just like pee it all out, though. Yeah. yeah, but I thought I was doing the right thing. And guess what? Don't replace water with Gatorade. That's just a little right. bit of a... Uh, uh, um, Street fight anti-advertising. Yeah. You Truth do not want to do this. Yeah. Okay. It's you a bad want, idea. Yeah. You want to drink water still, not not the other way around. So uh, so what... Now now we can hear your... Now that you've had a drink of water, <laughs> uh, uh, what's up with uh, uh, your old job? What was What was the job? Okay, so um, I'm going to name them because whatever. No, they're not listening to the podcast. <laughs> uh, so fuck Amunio Manufacturing. Um, so it was like a furniture. So like imagine a really fancy hotel that you could never afford to stay at. We made like the furniture for that hotel. Okay. Um, so I was working in like the wood shop. It's like a whole thing where it's like a wood shop and a metal shop and a whole sales team and like a whole deal. So I was working, this was my first uh, full-time job out of college. Um, and so when you, it's the type of job that like on paper sounds pretty good. It yeah. was Simple. like $16 an hour full-time. Yeah. You get benefits. Um, and the thing, yeah, they, they lure you in by saying, um, we do this thing called profit sharing. Mm -hmm. Sounds pretty good, right? Does sound good. Profit sharing always sounds good to me. That sounds like, like uh, uh, when they say it, it's like, now this seems like I'm making wise investments in my future. Totally. Yeah, it's the type of thing where you're like, uh, wow, this could really, you know, this job seems kind of good, maybe. And there's guys who've been working there for like 40 years and they, uh, are there like all the time they come in at like, well, you're supposed to come in at 7 a.m., which is the other thing that sucked about it. The hours are like 7 to 3 30. You have to uh, get up at like 5 a.m. Yeah, yeah. Fucking get ready for work every day. It's pretty terrible. I wonder, um, I wonder but about some guys that would though. Come in at five. Yeah, the, the, the people that come in early. I think 7 to yeah. 3 30 was one that I liked. When I had it, because I got off at 3.30. I don't like getting up early, but getting off at 3.30 was always nice. I, I was a big proponent of, uh, first of all, I was a second, I'm more of a, a second shift, swing shift guy, personally. But like, mm -hmm. if I had to work in the morning, I'd rather get out early than, than anything. 
Yeah, but the thing is, so imagine how fucked up you are about daylight savings now. So imagine you come home and you don't even really leave at 3.30 because they like want everyone to work so much overtime. Yeah. You come home at like usually four or later. Um, and then it's fucking dark when you get home. Uh, yeah, that's the daylight savings. Going to work in the dark and coming home in the dark is yeah. quite possibly the, the worst the most- feeling. The most demoralizing thing ever. You have to go to bed so early to get up early every day. Yeah. You just want to hit yourself over the head with a hammer just to get the day over with. Yeah. And you could do that. That's the other thing. It's like also, so you're working with like all these power tools and stuff and you're like building shit. And you could really, you know, fuck yourself up if you're like too tired. Yeah. (laughs) Um. Jesus, I I th- yeah. I also so, agree. I I like the early shift too, just because you can always push it and stay up late if you want, like on Friday, or just you know go to your normal six o'clock bedtime or whatever it is. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So the the cool thing I was like really excited about this profit share thing, uh-huh. and it was like okay, so you have to work there for six months to get it. Sure, that makes sense. And they tell you, like, every quarter they do, um, like, a big, long meeting with, like, everyone at the company. Yeah. Um, or, the, like, the CFO, who's, like, this, like, annoying British guy, um, he's, like, talking about, they tell you, like, how much money the whole company made and, like, all these numbers. And so you know, like, okay, they're fucking raking it in. And, like, meanwhile, I'm getting paid, like, $16 an hour for, like, this job that I should definitely be getting paid more for. You're making, like, furniture that, you know, you could never, ever afford mm-hmm. to even think about. Right. Um, it's, like, pretty insane. It actually shouldn't even exist. There's, like, no point in something so fancy existing. Which is just what I kept thinking, like, every day while I'm, like, standing it. <laughs> like, <laughs> why am I doing that? Yeah, boy, this, nobody needs this. This is a little much. I know, it's like, we could be all using our efforts for, like, I don't know, almost anything else. I'm, Building houses or something. Yeah. I'm I'm pro-quality products for everyone, though. I, I don't, I, I think we should get rid of the, uh, the the cheap bench that you can get at, like, a Walmart or, or a Kroger marketplace. Oh, yeah. And, uh. I mean, fuck, like, fiberboard and stuff. Right. Don't make anything out of that. Right, right. Unless it's, like, you're just going to smash it. It's, like, a prop or something. But so it was all commercial. But the furniture? level of fanciness can be too high, right? That's um, true. It's mostly yeah, either commercial or for like super rich people mm-hmm. who are like so rich they have like an interior design company like commissioning us, right? Right. Yeah, on all of the like the you know CAD drawings that you get in the shop, it says like the cost of like the materials and stuff, and you're like, wow, that's like. That's like what I'm making in the two months. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's like before our labor is even in it. You're like, I don't even want to know how expensive this stuff is. God damn. Jesus. So you yeah. 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 So it's like such a mind fuck. Absolutely. It has to be. That's Yeah. So you're sitting there every like three months listening to this British dude tell you about like how much money the company's making and you're thinking about how much money you're making. And you're like, oh, what the hell? But, you know, you're counting down the days where you've been there for six months, 
so that you can, because they tell you, they're like, and this is how much the profit share is this quarter. Right. And everyone in the whole company gets like the same amount of money, which is kind of cool. Yeah, that's great. But, uh, yeah, so you're like counting down the days. And so when it was about to be my time to start getting in on the profit share, I was like, so ready. $2,000. So you just get like $2,000 on top of your paycheck. Yeah. And that was like, it was like extra high that time. Normally it's not as much, but it was like a busy trade show season for that quarter. Okay. So we like made more money. And that was like, right. Yeah. When I started working was like right during trade show time. So you're also doing like crazy overtime and, you know, really like getting into it. And I come to find out that like, there's this other part of the rule where you, um, I knew that you had to be there for six months, which kind of makes sense for it to kick in. But you also have to be there um, 30 days before the quarter begins oh. to, like, get the profit share for that quarter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, of course, they don't, they don't tell you that, like, when you're hired. And it turns out that I started working in, like, March on a Monday or something. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> if I had started working on that Friday, that would have been 30 days. But they fucking scheduled me to start my job like 28 days before the quarter started. Do you think they did that on so, purpose? That that sounds like something they somebody could do on purpose. I, I really think yeah. that. I think they probably did because I've heard people say I've heard I've heard businesses like you get a job. One hundred percent they did. Yeah, because you'll get a job somewhere and you'll hear about certain bonuses and stuff like that, and I'll be like, oh no, they fucking do it like this. So that there's always like a loophole for each business to figure out a way not to pay everybody the bonus. Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely that because like when I found out, I found out like at work and I was like you know, you can imagine, I was just, like, totally devastated. I was like, are you fucking serious? And I was, like, crying, and I was talking to my coworkers, and they were like, oh, yeah, like, that happened to so-and-so, and, like, that happened to me, too. And I was like, mm-hmm. what the fuck? Like, they just do this to everyone? And it's insane, because you hear how much money that the company's making, and you know that $2,000 is nothing to them. It's nothing. They could just, you know, give it to you, and it wouldn't fucking matter, but, like, for me, like, that would have been four months of rent, all for, like, you know, two days of uh, not working. Oh, God, that's And I would have started that week if they had fucking hired, like, you know, they just set the start date, and I was like, okay, cool. Right, right. They didn't say this will also affect how you get your pet in nine months. Right. It's not like she had any, it's, you don't have any idea what's coming up when you get a job somewhere. No, like how the quarters work or like any of that. And it's so about that. I was just like, Ooh, I'm starting my new job. And it feels so good to be able to say, we have profit sharing here by the person. Uh, we have talked about this a a lot on, uh, uh, We've talked about this a lot uh, about like my mom, basically. But like, there are people who love to give you good news. 
so much that mm-hmm. they don't care if the good news plays out afterwards, you know, where it's like, hey, I got you a great yeah, like it gift. just feels good to say. Yeah. yeah. And it feels really good to say we have profit sharing, but it doesn't feel good to give people the profit share. <laughs> yeah, I guess it didn't. No, no, and they then, don't yeah, like the that. other shit they tell you, like, so at the at the interview when you're like walking around the shop with like your supervisor who's going to be your supervisor and he's telling you all this stuff like oh yeah we also like you know this is what your starting rate will be but like after a year we're going to do a performance review and everyone gets a dollar raise and <laughs> the time well first of all they push off the performance reviews like for a couple of months low-key and everyone's like everyone knows why they're doing it so they just do it right and you have to kind of bug them about it to get your performance review. And then, yeah, so I've been working there over a year. And then in the review, it's like you and your supervisor. And he's like a dick. And he's like a short guy, which is like not bad, but he has a complex about it. Right. So he's like weird about it. And that affects his whole personality. <laughs> <laughs> but he's also like, so he's saying like all this good stuff about like, you know, everyone loves working with you. You're doing a great job. You're really like, you know, picking up all the stuff you need to know. And we're like happy you're here. And then he's like, but you don't really work enough overtime. Oh, and no. then they gave me a 50 cent raise. <laughs> oh yeah. That is another, that is another thing. Places basically anywhere that puts off your bonus review is going yeah. to only give you 50 cent raises or 10%. They'll say, I'll give you a 10% raise, but it's like, you're not making enough that what was it like $15 an hour, a 10% raise is a dollar 50, right? That mm-hmm. wouldn't be the worst in the world. Uh, but they probably give no, you. No, but when they tell you it's going to be more than that, like, yeah, why the hell is it? And you can't base somebody's raise on the amount of overtime they work it seems so unfair like why is this place running behind so why is this place in such a way that they need their people to to work overtime hire some fucking people yeah i don't know it was such a crazy like overtime culture like people basically like everybody came in on saturdays and like (laughs) i I worked there for like a year and a half and I came in on like one Saturday. Oh, you, you <laughs> know, like weird. I have a life, you know? Yeah, that always weirds people out. I mean, I when I had the options too, I wouldn't go. And uh, I would just remember those weird Saturdays you would show up and everybody's like, oh, what are you doing here? Oh, I thought you were out hanging yeah, with I mean, friends or something, you know? Hanging with your friends <laughs> or it's something. It's actually, actually pretty chill to work on a Saturday because like not as many people are there and like you can fuck around more but true true when I first got the job I had another job on weekends which is why I wasn't working on the weekends okay and eventually when I quit that job I just like didn't say anything about it right 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 (laughs) yeah you're I'm I'm with you like on that I I I always tell this story about uh, uh I never came in on Saturdays at the cable coming in. This is a job I thought was my career and they still couldn't get me to come in and work on my fucking day off, you know? And, uh, uh, one of the last straws that got me kicked out of the lead role 
was that they asked me to come in on a Saturday and clean up the trash in the neighborhood. And I laughed and said no. And they were just like, all right, well, you know, we're going to bump you down. You don't have the right kind of attitude. (laughs) Yeah, because I didn't want to come. You think it was laughing that did it? Yeah, I mean, I laughed a lot, though. They asked me to play softball, too, once, and I laughed. And when they said, what are you laughing at? I said, I have friends. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's not good. It's yeah, not. I guess they don't like that. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't know. They don't, like, they don't want you to have friends. They don't want you to fucking have anything outside of work so they can get you to keep coming in all the time. Well, because if you do stick to their program, what they want from you, like you aren't going to have extra time. You're going to be tired. You're going to be skipping a lot of those. I mean, because when you're a fucking grown up, hanging out with friends is not a regular occurrence, you know? So mm-hmm. you're working every Saturday, all of a sudden, that the the barbecue that you were going to once a month is now you know you're going every other month or something you know yeah i guess you're you have a point where like the the a lot of the people i worked with really weren't hanging out with their friends all the time like me and katie were hanging out with our friends every night right much you got off work we said, what are we going to fucking do? And then we went and hung out with people. Yeah. And like we would drive over and hang out outside somebody's house or something like that and get high and party and shit. And like, I guess like to say it like that to your boss is like, I didn't think it was like such a bad thing. Sure. I thought it was like a funny little right, joke right. I was doing like a bit. I'm really <laughs> serious. Like I didn't think that I was being as insulting as I know now I was being insulting. I just thought I was doing like a funny bit and it's like, well, you know, it was kind of like the conceit of the bit I was doing was that like, now when I think about it is if you had friends, you wouldn't be doing it either. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I guess people don't like that. Yeah. And, and like when they work overtime and you don't, it, I think it's funny because it says some, it says so much about you to them. When you start to look at their side, it's like, number one, you're not dedicated like they are because they're working the overtime to get the work out of the way. Not really thinking about the fact that they're on a fucking treadmill where the work's always going to be there you know right yeah but they're, and they're also- just going to keep giving you more because they know that you like will do it yeah but they also think i think they also think that you think you're better than them when you don't come in on a Saturday. Oh, but well, the prince. Oh, your princely ways. Why don't you go to the king's court over there? Oh, have some yeah, friends. I mean- Honestly, like my coworkers in the wood shop were like really cool. Um, That's good. And so I'm not better than them, but I am better than coming in on those Saturdays because fuck them. Because they don't care about you. Like they'll take away four months of rent for no reason. <laughs> that exactly. They're like going to give everyone else anyways. Exactly. I think it sucks when you get a job at a place and, and one of the first things they say to you is, uh, uh, well, there's a lot of overtime if you want it. And it's like, mm-hmm. I always interpreted that to mean like, there's a lot of overtime and you have to work it. It was and never, you have to do it. yeah. That is exactly what they said to me, too. That's what, yeah, that's the thing, too, is now I think it's, you have to, cl- like, now I would clarify, like, are you going to be mad at me if I don't want it? Like, I'm, I'm looking yeah. to do it. I'm looking to do eight hours a day, five days a week. Is, is that going to make you mad? Because it is like, yeah. they pay. Yeah, but it probably would, because, like, 
I just probably would. They probably wouldn't yeah. hire you if you said that on the interview. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, if you were like, well, no, actually, my time is worth more to me than time and a half. They would be like, first of all, they'd mm-hmm. be like, what? No. And then secondly, yeah. they would just not hire you. They don't want you to think that your time is important. You know, they don't want you to yeah, think your your one human life. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the, the precious moments that slip through the hourglass. Yeah. They 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 want to make yeah. sure they're guaranteed a good portion of them. Yeah. They hate time. They they well they you know they hate our time. They love their time. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, Wormy, thanks yeah, for calling the in. Last thing, oh, sorry. Okay. I just no, no, no. To say that I got jokes on them because I let I was worked it out with them so that. I was going to leave for three months and do an artist residency and like come back. And we like signed a whole thing about it. Uh And then I uh, didn't come back. Fun. Hell yeah. And now I'm living like a much better life. So it all worked out. If you get the fuck out of somewhere like that, uh, uh, and you, you move forward with your life and you're doing something really fun and cool. That is like the best revenge on those fuckers. It, like part of me always wants to go back to the cable company and be like, ha, you fucking thought I was a loser that wasn't going to do anything. <laughs> now I'm a loser that does stuff, you know? Yeah. And it's stuff you, you kind of like. Yeah. And, uh, and it was good that I left when I did, because you know that they like fucking laid everyone off like this year. Oh my God. Yeah. 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 Any place like that with those like kind of, those scandalous different things, you know, the 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 ripping you off of the bonus, the overtime, yeah. the all that little stuff. They laid people off this year. Someone selling ten thousand yeah. dollar furniture that that's trying to rip off their employees for two thousand bucks is running on ice or skating on ice. Yeah, I can imagine they yeah. did, they didn't have much preparation for for no, and they off. like. People talked about that's what they did in 2008. Like the guys who were there from then, oh. they're like, yeah, they laid like pretty much everyone off. <laughs> we're like well, the only guys left. Yeah, damn. And those were the guys who did the overtime. So you know, full yeah. circle. I would have got laid off. <laughs> you got to do that overtime. You got to do the uh, yeah. They would have wanted to lay off too for sure. <laughs> I like, I, yeah, I like it when you get when they're like, we're looking for people that love hours. You know, they're just yeah, like, you don't want that. Neither. <laughs> you don't want that. That's another sentence that is scary. I remember in high school, I would hear yeah. that and I'd be like, I fucking love hours, man. I'll gobble up all the hours. And then once the first week where you work more than a slightly more than 25 hours, you're like, fuck, I don't want hours. <laughs> Give those hours to somebody that needs them. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I, I just I wanted enough money to buy a half ounce. That was it. Right, that's what I, I was mean, doing this for. Him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, thanks for calling in. Uh, yeah. We appreciate it. Where, where can people follow along? Yeah, so um, I do art. That's what I do now. Instead of sanding expensive furniture, my Instagram is Lermworm, and that's L E R M Worm, and. You know, in a couple of days, you're going to get to see the cool new shirt that I drew for these guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. I love the design. It's uh, it's going to be great. Yep. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, thank you, guys. Oh, yeah. And who, who did you choose for the charity for the shirt or for the, or the, the group? Oh. Yeah, so um, 
a comrade of mine from Philly uh, helped run this thing called Prison Health News, and they do, um, they basically make, like, zines every, I think it's, like, for a year or something, and they send them to people who are incarcerated, and they can, like, you know, they answer health questions, they, um, the incarcerated people, like, write articles and do art, and they pay them to do it. So it's like a really good thing. Yeah. Um, they definitely need money. It's like a small operation, but I'm sure it makes like a huge difference for people. Absolutely. Oh uh, yeah. Great. Yeah. Well, thank you. We appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good night. There's a truck that drives downtown every day. And I think this truck is there all day, every day, just driving in circles. Uh -huh. And it says, say no to China, Joe. And every time it goes by, I'm like, say no to China, Joe. <laughs> it's got like huge plywood signs all around it. Yeah. And like, I also wonder if the Ohio Republican Party is like paying. Because I mean, I see it every single day when I get to the downtown portion of my walk. I saw it today. Sunday. I fucking saw it today, dude. And have you seen near the driver? What they I look can't like? get a look at the driver. I, I there's shit all over the. I, I I will try to get a look at the driver, but I saw where it's parked, and it is parked by the Republican Party. It's not parked at the Republican Party, okay? But it isn't parked far away, right? It's a from the Republican Party headquarters. And I'm just like really curious if they're paying a guy to drive a weird racist truck around <laughs> like, <laughs> because I don't know what that does, but he has to be getting something they're for really, it. It costs money to do their car rallies. They're really into those cars. They won't get out of their vehicles, but they will drive around to let people know how they think feel. That's the way. That's the wave of the protest. When, when we start going out and protesting against each other, they're so sick and tired of the left being able to get out there and turn out numbers to protest that they're like, well, what if we told you you could stay in your car? What about that? Yeah, you can eat, you can have McDonald's in the car while you protest. <laughs> yeah. You can get Chick-fil-A, sorry. They do, they do. They've been doing a lot of them, too. They've been doing a lot of uh, uh, these car protests. It's so weird, man. All right, thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Uh, hey, guys, you can call me Terry. What's I'm up? I'm calling from Kansas City. How you doing? What's up, Terry? How's it going? KC Terry. Kansas. Yeah, KC Terry. Well, uh, I wanted to tell you guys about a sort of sticker battle, like a proxy battle that I've been engaged in with uh, an area InfoWars fan. Okay. Okay. Fun. <laughs> All right. So there's this spot near where I live, where you're pulling off of a major highway onto a local street and uh, you come to a stoplight to turn onto the local street mm -hmm. and then you turn your head to the right and there's one of those traffic control boxes, like the big stainless steel locked boxes on a big uh, pedestal, you know? Right. And this also happens to be sitting right next to a fire station. And... So this, this box, seeing this traffic control box was like part of my daily commute for a long time. And it had these InfoWars stickers on them. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
And, you know, it bothered me a little bit, so what, what I, I scraped them off. Were they like, they just said info uh, were, on them, or did they have a, another message? Fluoride. Well, okay, so these, these bumper stickers were here for, like, months, like, maybe even a year before I, like, finally made up my mind to take them off. But so one of them, they were, like, bumper stickers, like, re- rectangular bumper stickers. And one of them said, uh, just Infowars, big block letters. And the other one said, uh, 9-11 was an inside job, Infowars.com or something like that, right? Got it. Yeah. So I took them off and then like the, I, I put up some, uh, Bernie Sanders stickers. This is how long ago this was. This was, you know, during the primary earlier okay. this year. Right. Okay. And they were gone. Like pro- I, I went by there maybe a couple days later, my Bernie S- Sanders stickers were gone. There were new Infowars stickers. There were like three times as many. Oh, up, right. Yes. So, kn- yeah. This is a battle. <laughs> Right, right. So it it went back and forth like this, like probably three or four times over the course of a few months, right? Where I, I would take the stickers down. Maybe I wouldn't put anything there. One time I, you know, well, actually, so the first time uh, you, you'll like this, I, I had this Rage Against the Machine sticker just sitting around. I don't know about you, but I have like just a folder full of stickers that yeah. I've just acquired over time I have a and they're used. Yep. Yeah. So anyway, I had this uh, Rage Against the Machine sticker, which uh, said Evil Empire underneath like an upside down American flag in black and white. So I just cut off the Rage Against the Machine. I put up the Evil Empire sticker and uh, I don't know, a few others. And those were gone like again the next day. Okay. So this is somebody that maybe has the same commute. They must be monitoring it as well. It's, I, I mean, yeah, well, I think I might have seen the guy once, actually. I was, like, driving by, and it was near that area, like, a few blocks away. It was, like, rain, it was a miserable day, gray, rainy, you would not want to be out. And I saw some dude, like, holding a picket sign that said something about Infowars. I was going by, uh, I didn't really get a good look at him, but, like, you know, youngish, white guy, skinny. Yeah pouring rain he's holding like a like a picket sign for Infowars or something by himself you know like and that's got to be the guy right i mean yeah. i don't know if that's the guy but yeah. uh, in my mind that's the guy i absolutely um we have well i when i lived in clintonville uh there was um on my running path there was a sign and they would someone would put up Infowars stuff someone would put up patriot prayer stuff and I would be running and I would stop and I would be like running in place and like peeling a sticker off and then I would just keep running. <laughs> but there was also a guy that would show up uh, near the main intersection of Clintonville and he would hold Holocaust denier signs up. He would hold, hold up 9-11 truther signs. He would, uh, he would do anti-black. He did all lives matter stuff. Uh, so he was, he's obviously the person that's, that's, you know, flyering and stickering the town, I think. Right. That's fuck. I wish we could get you a big um, sticker. I wish we could get you a huge sticker made to cover all of the stickers. Well, okay. Well, there was, there, it's good you bring that up. There was like an escalation recently in this, right? So I, I, I took down a bunch of his stickers and then like a couple of days later, he must have made like a stencil and like spray painted like the, the big block letter, like Infowars logo on like three sides of this. Oh, uh, 
<laughs> this box. So yeah, he he spray paints. So an, an escalation, right? Spray paint. Um, yeah, he spray painted it. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay. So anyway, it, and that was up for maybe about two two and a half weeks until I guess the city or somebody came and scrubbed it off. Um, and 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 then, but then just recently, and you know, it it stayed clear for maybe a few more weeks after that. But then just tonight, I saw. You know, I'm by this spot all the time. I see it all the time. And I saw another sticker up and I'm just thinking like, is this worthwhile? Like, <laughs> you know, I, I'm afraid of like being shot by somebody or something because, you know, this is the kind of, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to cast aspersions about somebody I don't know, but you know, it's, it's not an unreasonable fear to have over something like this. Yeah. I, that's you're, we're on the same path here because I was wondering the same thing. Like if you go back, when you go back to take the stickers, like you have to be looking over your shoulder. This person is, seems to be way more aware of what's going on with the stickers on this box than you are. You said it was by a fire department. It, it's like probably 300 feet away from like the driveway of yeah fire station and they're spray painting it which yeah uh, yeah i thought it was pretty wild too when i saw it you know i just that's a context clue that i picked out earlier i wouldn't accuse them of anything but who buddy does that sound like a real fire department type thing there's there could be a person yeah in that fire department that is that's true i mean they're there for 24 hours at a time and bored as hell and you know they have a radio to know if the police are coming i think they they could get away with it a little more yeah we need to get you a big sticker. We need to get wheat you a paste. lizard wrap. You need to look up wheat pasting. Yeah, wheat pasting. Now that's a move. Uh, I have, yeah, I have like idly, you know, uh, thought about doing some com- some kind of big statement piece or something on it, but you know, I've never done anything like that. I don't know. Have either of you ever participated in like stickering or graffiti or anything like that in connection with activism or anything else or just fucking around? Um, well, yeah, after, I think it was like in 2003 when we went to, uh, to, uh, Iraq, I, we climbed to the top of Blockbuster in town and hung this huge sign that said, uh, no blood for oil. And then I also climbed a billboard with my friend and we spray painted graffiti on like this billboard on Broad Street, Route 40. Like everybody waits in traffic and we also spray painted no blood for oil really big on it. Oh shit. Nice. I haven't done any. Uh, uh, I mean, all my vandalism was basically breaking car with like the bad kind yeah. that you shouldn't do and nobody uh-huh. should do. <laughs> I, did, I didn't do right. any good vandalism in my life, but I knew Brett had done some. He, he was like more of a, 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 a more brainiac kind of guy, you know, and you were 18 at that time yeah. or whatever. I was a little older and didn't know that the war was bad (laughs) right (laughs) yeah i don't know i've never really done anything i mean there's always i've always had ideas to to do things but i think i'm too much of a chicken yeah i mean the placement right outside the fire station seems risky like you'd have to get in and out real quick true yeah true we gotta get you know those guys those guys are awake all the time and you know (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you might not win this one. You could put signs out there, though. Yeah, I think. I think that. I think giving up. I think find something else to do because this is just. 
You're like this well, is like a, he's very a, dedicated. A crazy person caught you in a trap. It seems like a little bit. But you hate to lose. I know you don't want to lose. You hate but to lose. Do you think that's, you're crazier? Yeah, Are you crazy? Very true. Yeah, it. That's the thing. That's what Brett's saying is true. Are you crazier than this guy? <laughs> and is that a place you want to be? And that is the if question bored, you really got to ask yourself. It could be fun to come up with like interesting ways to to get back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I well, tear down. You know, maybe I'll maybe I'll start putting up street fight stickers. Oh, we would love that. I tore down some identity Europa stickers, and I always feel like I hate that they're up when I see them and I take them down. But I always feel weird for the time that I'm taking them down, you know, because they're like you're scraping it <laughs> yeah. off with your fucking finger, and it's like, no, this has to come down. I know yeah. that people, yeah, yeah people from afar uh, d- just assume you're doing something bad or wrong, or you know. Yeah, yeah, or weird. Weird. Just yeah. people are walking by you, and you're like, ah, I'm scraping this off. And for you, the other side of it too. Uh, another reason to give up <laughs> is that like you have to stop <laughs> your car at an off ramp and get out of the car, and like nobody thinks that's normal. Like whatever you're doing, true. You know, if you do it in the middle of the night, if I, here's what I my my thing would be. If I was in the mood to do something wild, I would go figure out a way to fuck with this guy just because I know that I'm fucking with somebody right. and I know that I'm fucking with an InfoWars guy. But uh, also just yeah. you could probably find something better and more fun to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, for Brian, me, have you ever uh, I was going to ask you if you ever considered covering Alex Jones on for Shocktober. Have you? Uh, no, he's not like a shock jock. A lot of people want me to do right wing guys and I've considered it. I don't know. I might do like a, a, a little series about some, some of these guys, but actually a lot of there, there's actually a whole podcast about Alex Jones. So I don't want to step on their toes oh, and I get super, I, the despair I feel just list like, the people think that I, I like when I'm doing the shock jocks that I'm miserable. And what I always tell people is they're inter- they're entertainers and they were people that I used to listen mm-hmm. to. And they're not, I mean, obviously everything's political. They're not overly political. So for me, I find that to be pretty easy to listen to. It was the same thing with the sports guys. Uh, it would yeah. be a lot. It would be soul crushing to listen to a bunch of right wing radio or like a bunch of Alex Jones. I yeah. don't think I could get into that. Uh, but, uh, uh, it's true. Yeah. It's something that I, I would consider. I just haven't, I truly haven't. I've, I've, I've always just been in a place where I think that it's probably like, uh, would be bad for my mental health. <laughs> so no it's probably a good call i mean the the less of that garbage you know that you have to experience the better yeah that's uh, how i feel well, i'm gonna take that i'm gonna take down the last uh info war sticker but then i think i'll just leave it at that you know yeah i think that's a good move i think that's a, i mean that is the mature way out instead of me giving you different assignments to do i think brett's is like i said you don't want to be crazier than the info wars guy <laughs> i think would be my point or, or that was yeah. brett's point too you don't want to be like on another level up <laughs> 
from an Infowars guy. <laughs> no, it's true. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> have, well, ha- thanks for the advice, guys. Uh, have a good night, Terry. What all I had. Yeah, good night, Street Fight. KC Terry keeps it smooth. Thanks for calling in. KC Terry, very good. Yeah, man. That's I don't a great know. one. Especially because he already went spray paint, too. So you're like, oh, my God, what is going to happen? You know? Ooh, buddy, do I? Does this person have binoculars probably already so that they can stake out the fucking sign to figure out who it is? Like, you know. Ooh, do I feel like I solved a little mystery there, though, when I, I thought think, about the uh, fire department? You know, it's uh, it seems like a very easy. It's the path of least resistance. Yes, I feel like i have a magnifying i feel like i have the magnifying glass in my hand you're harriet the spy i'm fucking encyclopedia brown right all right next call harriet the spy we love harriet the spy street fighter uh hey this is joe ho or joe from la i'm an attorney been for about 20 years what's up joe how you doing doing good i was just uh Listening to you guys a lot. I had a question that no one seems to be talking about. We're talking about all these trucks driving around with flags on them, people around in the back. I mean, there's only one group before this I can remember doing that. So why aren't we just calling them ISIS-style Trump rallies? (laughs) You know what? To tell you the truth, it is funny. It is weird that they drive around in trucks with flags. It's almost if I saw them doing the uh, uh, um, what is that? The monkey bars and stuff, and right. doing like obstacle courses, which I'm sure you can find. Uh, uh, I would oh. be like, they just they watch the they just saw this on the news and they were like, this is how we're supposed to act. Like it, they, by osmosis, they became ISIS. I mean, it's a similar, it's a similar ideology. It's very conservative ideology. And I, I do think it is a good, it would be hilarious to see like a right wing militia practicing on like a swing set in the backyard that the kids aren't using, you know? Yeah. Trying to do pull-ups on the, on a, on a swing set. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, weren't those guys in Michigan doing stuff like that, prepping for the governor action? Yeah. 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 The fed was dragging them along from what I've seen. I I haven't looked at the news, but I mean, there's nothing I believe. I believe that the feds are like, no, we should do it, man. You know, this sounds like he probably came up with the idea. Oh, they always do. That's for both sides. Yeah, I mean, we got to be fair. I didn't. I didn't read into their training, though. I would. I would like to see what their training regimen is like. Taking Alex Jones' alpha well, brain. I well, there's some videos of them popping out of a PT cruiser to <laughs> to fire mobile shots. <laughs> see, that's the fun. I I I got into a hole one time uh, on Instagram watching shooter training videos with all these guys, and they're pretty much like it's it's like a first person shooter they just they stand up fully uncovered and they're like taking out targets with like precision shots and it's like dog you've already been shot you've already been shot like there's there's six targets <laughs> you're walking in the middle you're you're standing up tall walking in the middle of the forest just because you hold it like an army ranger would hold his pistol doesn't mean that you're not taking bullets right now yeah i mean a lot of what they do is like uh, that's the thing about when you say isis style truck rallies is like they see that on tv and it seeps into their brain through osmosis they don't want to look like isis 
you know they don't they, they don't, don't want to look like that yeah. but they they've seen it so many times that they're like that's what politics is they're also extremely scared of them and i think if they're trying to be scary like i think that kind of seeps in you know right Yo, you're probably right too. Yeah, the, it's like we have to be the bad guys, but for good. Yeah, we have to be the bad good guys. If, if ISIS hadn't been powerful, then Trump defeating them means nothing. That's true. That is true. Uh, you're absolutely right. That's that's an old wrestling uh, uh, thing. You make your enemies look tough, right? You know, did Trump <laughs> have they said that Trump defeated ISIS yet? That's that would be interesting. But he he said it. Oh, he said it. Okay. Well, he says he you know <laughs> that's all he needs to have. I mean, that's yeah, the he source. Says a lot of stuff. He but loves to say it. stuff. I heard him do a, a an impression of Pavarotti today that I I thought was <laughs> pretty good. Pretty good. No, the joke was, <laughs> but it was funny that he was doing an impression of Pavarotti. Yeah. Like he just you you gotta. I mean, I, it's fine to do the Italian accent or whatever, but he's running for president. You know, it's weird for the guy that's running for president to do it, I think. And it's a good way to win, to make friends. It is true. People love it. People love to go, hey! Yes. I don't... That's it. That's it. Yeah, uh... So, so the, the... The question today is, is, would you guys rather hear a story about me working carnival games or working as a, as a lawyer at a big firm? Carnival games. Always carnival games. Forever. I love carnies. Well, I worked for a couple summers, um, like back at the end of high school, uh, in, at like a, a major amusement park, like think like Six Flags SeaWorld kind of thing. Okay. I ran carnival games. Okay. And so all of the games were still completely rigged, but they had, you know, Smiling 16 to 18 year old kids being nice to kids, little kids to get the parents to pay for it. Yeah, makes sense. Not, yeah, not you, as many missing teeth. You weren't allowed to like, like chase people around and insult them. You had to do it like you had to catch <laughs> more flies with honey method. Right, but it was it was still a huge money making operation. I mean, like the games were basically unwinnable. You know, it was either. Either you have six people compete for something that's not worth one of their entries or, you know, it's milk cans, but the angles are wrong. So you can never win that kind of stuff. So what is, in your experience, what is the hardest game to win? The hardest game to win would be something where you have to toss something up and then into or onto something. So even because they make it so that that make it so the prizes hang down too low to get the right angle. Yep. So you can never get the thing in there. That stop sign, man. That motherfucking stop sign game. Just all day they take your money. All day long. People think you can. That doesn't even look winnable. Because the, they do it every time. The guys, the guys do it. They they have a bo- pocket full of balls, and as soon as you walk by, they just buckets. They just will do it real easy. Show you how easy it is. You know. Really? Yeah, I, but they're standing like a foot closer, so they have a different angle. Right. So it goes up un- behind this stuff. Right. <laughs> I love Cardi so much. <laughs> I love it. They were so hard to win that um, they would, every once in a while, on like a Saturday or Sunday when there's a lot of families there, they'd have one of the 
one of the carnies give the biggest prize possible from the hardest game to the smallest kid. Which oh my is like God. advertised that you could win. And everybody eats it up and when then, they walk by. They're like, I want some, I just want a slice of that fun for my family. Well, it looks like fun until you realize you have to carry around a 60 pound giant bear for the rest of the day. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, I had heard, and maybe this is maybe this is old school Carney. So you know, this People might like not. Traveling Carney. Yeah, this might be something that you weren't involved with. But uh, I had heard that they would have somebody back in the day. You know the duck game where the uh, uh, the the ducks go in a little pond that like goes around in a circle and you the kid just picks up a duck and right. looks at it and boom you get whatever level of prizes on the bottom of the duck and it's very obvious that there's probably more right. for the smaller prize or whatever but there was a tv one in this book i read they said there's a tv duck mm -hmm. duck where you could pick it up and you would win the tv and what they would do is they would put it behind a little gate and then they would have another carnival worker come out and be like, oh, I'm going to play this game. And then they would let that duck out and that carnival worker would pick <laughs> it up and he would win the TV and he would make a big fucking deal about winning the TV and then walk around with the TV on his shoulders. And then fucking everybody just was like, I got to play this duck game, man. A guy won a TV right. playing the duck game, which yeah, I... Sound, sounds like one of the classics. Yeah, that sounds like such an old school one that they probably don't do at like a corporate amusement park. Well, giving the free prize out is the same thing. Yeah. Well, I've always thought that too. There's always like games where they have a really huge prize for a very little amount of work. And I've always thought that like that is the, the equivalent of back, the reason they call them marks is because they would put chalk on their hands. And if there was somebody that was really easy to get to spend a bunch of money on a games, they would pat them on the back with the chalk on their hands and they would have the mark of like a person that was easy to get money out of. And I sometimes think that the games there, that the huge prizes are just the modern version of that chalk mark because you see this huge prize <laughs> and you're like, yeah, this, that guy yes. spent some money, you know? <laughs> yeah. Especially some of the trade up games too. I hate when you go there and they're like, well, you win one time, you get a small prize. After you have three prizes, you get a medium prize. After you have two mediums, you can have anything you want. It's like, okay, I'm, I'm going to be two or $300 deep on this stop sign game, <laughs> I guess, to get that. I mean, you're crazy for playing the stop sign game. I think the craziest stop sign, stop sign and ring toss. Ring toss is the is the carny game of all carny games. I've never seen anybody win ring toss, and it always has the best prizes. I'm talking about the ring Coke toss bottle. with the two liter bottles, yeah, like all put right. in together, and you toss the ring, and it bounces around and never lands. On a bottle. It's like that game looks impossible. Uh, I Jason actually told me it was. He was the one that told me that game's impossible. Because I would always get there. And I would look at those fucking prizes and be like, golly, I would love one of those prizes. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, that one almost no. 
Well, we had it so that on the, some of the bottles, were, the bottles for the smaller prizes were smaller. So the rings okay. would actually fit over them. Got it. But if, unless you got an exceptionally wide ring, it wouldn't even fit over the big price bottles. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, I had a friend that won a goldfish. At one, at, no, that was at the balls. You throw the ping pong balls and the goldfish things. He won a, a horse on ring toss that he turned into a pipe. It was this like metal statue that had holes in the bottom. It was like a hollow metal statue. And so he packed the tail full of weed and smoked out of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so just one last, just one last point about working for a carnival that works for like a big corporation. Uh-huh. It was like, wor- you know, still had to be worried about its reputation is that they couldn't like play the radio or anything like that. It was all oh, music no. that had been cleared. Oh no. So they had the same 12 songs on a loop that I listened to for two years. What? I thought and it you was could... all like 50s bop music. Like, uh, 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 uh. how can you not <laughs> buy a license? you <laughs> well they did but they only had to license those 12 songs oh yeah, i thought no, there was a I mean, license it was, it was a real real company i thought there was a license you can buy that is like that. more song like that you can just have all the songs for some reason well well there, there is now i mean this was 30 years ago okay yeah that is um man that isn't that is torture but to this day i to this day, when I hear one of those songs, my mind starts to sing the next song when that one ends. And I check myself 30 years after the fact. I mean, I say so that. Thank you guys. I really appreciate what you guys do. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank I you. say this about. Uh, uh, I say this a lot about truck drivers, but Carnival, uh, working at a uh, amusement park was another big dream job of mine. Like, I really like when I turned 18, I had thought that maybe I would drive to Sandusky because they have dorms to work right. at Cedar point. And I would just go live uh, in the dorms and work at Cedar point. Like I thought that was just, that was the dream. Right. And uh chicken, I didn't have a car, so I couldn't do it, but like, couldn't uh, commute. I just thought it would be an incredible thing to work at an amusement park for some reason. Yeah. I know they don't. And I mean, it. you were out in the sun. You, you did get, fresh air and get to interact with people that were, I mean, mostly in a good mood, but you know, it gets tired really quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for calling in. That, that's really fun. I love talking about Carney stuff. It's yeah. it's the best. The corporate one is funny too, because uh, like you, you don't get to listen to like poison or like, you know, usually like uh, those, the Ohio state fair, those guys are blaring, you know, you want to get a job with the amusement motley company. crew and shit. Yeah. yeah you want to, you want to me and you would rather work for the amusement right. company. Nolan amusements. Yeah. Because they're the ones that I'm sure the party in at night. Oh my God. I mean, when you're traveling so and you're fun. away from home and you're sleeping in the RVs and like what kind of fucking parties are going on fucking at like the at the state fairgrounds at two in the morning, you know. Yeah, we gotta Woo! figure out how to get on that list. <laughs> <laughs> Next year when the fair comes, I wanna I'm gonna be around. I'm gonna in the bars nearby or something, or yeah, near where the no, the nearest place to get cigarettes, just hanging out. But like, hey, man, you partying tonight? Yeah, it is wild too because those games are all largely untouched. You know, really. The the carnival games oh, are yeah. like pretty untouched. Like you would think at some point 
the state would be like, you know, you can't. You right. can't have these things. This is not fair. It's um I mean, it's wrestling, it's gambling. It's one of those things where like, oh yeah, we know you're ripping us off, you know, but uh one guy won it, so I got that's enough. As long as one person as long as I saw one other person with a fucking big Sonic out there, I believe that I can win this big Sonic right now. They're more in they're more insidious than like slot machines oh. and stuff because oh. there's no presumption. That a slot machine is a game of skill. It's just right. Champ. You're pressing buttons or, or pulling the thing. With with all of these uh, carnival games, there is a presumption that you are playing a game of skill that you could somehow figure out how to beat. Right. You know. Right. And people will throw a lot of money at a carnival game still the basketball game people will toss oh, money yeah. oh yeah just because they think they can do it and it's like no dude it's not it's made so you can't do it and it, it's made so like michael jordan would have a hard time making that shot right right yeah no you, you're used to playing on a 10-foot hoop this is like an 11 and three quarters hoop that's oval yeah, you're, you're the the hoop is maybe not ten feet tall, oh, but the never. but the uh, you know I've I've seen it now too. Is like it's a it's a rim welded inside of a rim. Yeah, yeah, is what it is. Right, and uh, boy, that's hard. That's hard it's, to that's hit. Not easy to do. No, that's not an easy shot at all. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? You're on the air. Hey, this is. Uh, can you hear me? Yep. This is Jordan, a.k.a. Blueberry Scones. What's up, Jordan? How you doing tonight? How are y'all? Oh, we're pretty good. Good, good. How are y'all? Waking up. Yeah, I'm awake now. I'm feeling good. That's, that's good to hear. Well, I wanted to know if y'all wanted to hear a story about how I accidentally ruined a church retreat deal. And it was then blamed on Marilyn Manson. Okay, okay yeah, yeah. I would love to hear that story, actually. <laughs> um, so, a little background that you need to know. I was raised in the Mormon church, and they do, like, temple work, which is, like, where you essentially do, like, baptisms for dead people via proxy. Okay. And, uh... So we were going to like Nauvoo, Illinois, which is like a big uh, Mormon place. And uh, we were talking on the way there and someone asked me what kind of music I listened to. And at that time I was listening to like Marilyn Manson and stuff like that. Okay. So I told them and then uh, we kind of went through our day. Someone told me that was a uh, devil music at that time, and I shouldn't be listening to that. Okay, makes sense. Um, I've heard that. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, like, the next day, we went to the temple to do baptisms for the dead. And, like, so they dip you in the water, obviously. And the first time they dip me in the water, they dip you in for, like, 20 people. And so... Um, on my first dip, my nose started bleeding and I didn't realize it. And I just started like gushing blood, but they kept on like pushing me in the water because they didn't realize it. So the pool just filled with blood and was like <laughs> pink. Oh no. <laughs> I mean, it's, that's badass. This sounds like a really good, this sounds like the omen or something. 
Yeah, exactly. It's like a, a Mormon uh, horror film scene. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And there, I was like one of the first people. So they use the same like pool fluid for like uh, everyone. And there was like 20 people there. So I was like the second or third one. And after they did that, after I started bleeding, they had to drain the pool and it like ruined the whole time. Like no one else could go. And uh, whenever we got back to the place that we were staying, one of the parents and the kids told me it was because I listened to Marilyn Manson, and that was a sign from God to to not listen to Marilyn Manson anymore. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I mean pro- that makes sense. I can see the direct connection there. Yeah. If I was religious <laughs> and I saw that happen, I'd be like, this person's got some, it, you know. I was around a religious person recently that was talking about, openly talking about demons and being people like, you know, being overtaken by demons, having to pray for the demons to go away. And I was just like, you know, I, I, I yeah, I, I guess that sounds like a, sounds like something that you can think. Yeah, but definitely if some if some kid is like I listen to Marilyn Manson and then they bleed all over the place and ruin the uh, baptism, you're baptizing dead people. So are these dead? Pe- these are ones that didn't get a chance to be Mormon on Earth, so that you're like saving them from beyond the grave. Yeah, yeah, essentially. And the Mormon Church has actually gotten in a lot of trouble for that. There was a big scandal where they tried to baptize like people that obviously want to be a part of the religion. Like they try to baptize. Well, they did baptize Anne Frank in a temple. Wow. Yeah. And they got in like a shit ton of trouble for that. Yeah, they, they do baptize. They just, like, they'll baptize some celebrities. It's like the to Rock and Roll Hall of Fame <laughs> yeah. over there. You yeah. Know? Just to get a little attention. Yeah. Maybe I can get baptized in the Mormon church. We should get baptized. Well, if one of your, <laughs> if one of your relatives is Mormon, they can, from what I understand, they. I'm not Mormon anymore, so I don't know. But uh, they can put your name in there without like asking your your like like immediate family. So if you have like a cousin or something like that, you you know Brian Quinley may be on the uh, baptism sheet someday. Oh, that would be so. That's so sweet. Honestly, this is just a sweet thing to do for somebody. You yeah. know, it's like you that's know, awesome. I I don't want you to go to hell. So, yeah. without your knowledge, I'm going to make sure you don't go to hell. You don't have to do anything, sir. <laughs> right. That's on us. Yeah. <laughs> One of the many services we provide. <laughs> you don't have to do a single thing. You don't have to change your life at all. But I have assured you that if the Joseph Smith stuff is true, you're in, buddy. You know? <laughs> It's like being on the guest yeah. list. It's like somebody put you on a guest list without telling you, and, and you go up and you show up to pay the cover to get in yeah. to the club, and they're like, actually, <laughs> the you're a VIP, my man. Mormons got you in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sounds great. Oh, uh, the Mormons. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, that's all I had. So, uh, oh, it's wonderful. Y'all have a good night. Yeah, thank, thank you. For taking my call. Thanks Blueberry for scones. What's right. Blueberry scones. Blueberry scones with a Z, and that's my Twitter. Oh, right. Thanks, Thanks for calling. Blueberry. That's so funny. That is so it amazing. Is, it's so a funny. hilarious thing that like you get a nosebleed when At you're getting that. baptized. Like you said, you were around some religious people recently that were talking about demons. Right. And this is a holy, sacred ceremony. 
that's happening. That there are people in that room that probably were really freaked out. Oh yeah. I mean. Oh yeah. That would be scary as hell to them. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. The water's turning to blood. Yeah. Oh my god! What the, it's getting darker. Yeah. It's the it's the new girl. It's the it's the new Marilyn Manson listener. Yeah. Yeah. You better watch it. Uh, all right. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? I'm a little late on the button. Hallelujah. Hello. Hey, guys. It's Labor Lifts. Hey, Labor Lifts. How you doing tonight? I'm doing all right. How about you guys? We're waking up. We're yeah, we're there. great. I'm, I'm feeling a lot better now. Glad to hear it. I don't know if I can follow the uh, demonic baptism story. Yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. good. It's hard it's to follow demons. Lifetime. Yeah, yeah. I'm a big demons guy, so you know, anytime somebody tells me that uh, uh, they were in a room full of people that believed in demons, it's very exciting and to demonic me. Demonic shit happened. Yeah, it's awesome. Man, I've been watching horror movies all October. I'm so bummed that uh, Halloween's passed now. Yeah, you can still watch horror movies though. That's the thing. I know it doesn't feel the same. It do, they don't hit the same. Yeah, I'm trying to. We're trying to find Thanksgiving movies, like even if they just mention it. Or Planes, like, trains, and automobiles. Right, stuff like that. It's the only one I can think of. Yeah, it's not a good list. No. Well, planes, trains, and automobiles. I don't remember if it's good. I like all John Candy stuff, really. Oh. Yeah, anything with John Candy, it's guaranteed banger. And also, he translates to kids, too. I think that all kids of all ages like John Candy. Yeah. It's like a Robin Williams type. Just they all kids like them. Maybe me and you should write a Thanksgiving movie. That's a good-ass idea. Oh, The Oath, which is a good movie. The Oath, fun okay. movie, yeah. That's I was listening to, I was trying to look for Thanksgiving songs and somebody made like a really bad like Kelly Clarkson wannabe song that was basically a Christmas song but about Thanksgiving and being grateful. It was bad. Tower Heist is a Thanksgiving movie it says. So, that's something. We could finally finish that movie. Did you guys uh ever hear the Thanksgiving song by that uh that girl who did Friday like years back? <gasps> Rebecca Black has a Thanksgiving song? Yes, she does. It's uh, you've got to watch the video. It's Friday, even better than the Friday, Friday thing. It's hilarious. Wow, that's great. I love Friday. I still say Friday, Friday to you know when it's Friday. I love to sing that little melody. So uh, yeah, I'm definitely putting that on my playlist. Thanks for the suggestion. Yeah, no problem. It's a fun one. Oh my fudging computers, fudging. Oh yeah, I'm looking and and you know. There's not very many good Thanksgiving movies. That it, Adam's Family Values is a Thanksgiving movie. Okay, that's a good crossover. Is that a Thanksgiving one? I, I yeah, guess. I can't think of any Thanksgiving movies. But The Oath is really good. Very fun. Uh, Ike like Barinholtz movie and Tiffany Haddish. Yeah. And uh, I enjoyed the shit out of that movie. Very fun. So, to get into the Thanksgiving spirit, I'm hearing from a, a very reliable source named Eric Mancow Muller that the police are going to be kicking people's doors in if they're celebrating Thanksgiving and arresting them. Really? So, yeah. For crimes against COVID or yep. COVID quarantine shit? Yep. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. For, for shit, you know, they start doing this war on Christmas earlier every single year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Should have known it was coming for Thanksgiving. Yeah, Thanksgiving is is the next thing. So, you know, hey, let's hope that's not true. But uh, it's going to be a weird holiday season. I think with the election here, too, it's just... It's going to be a wild uh, few months here. We're heading into some dark months, I think. Oh. Yeah, a friend of mine in Gainesville, uh, I'm in Florida right now, so we've got plenty of uh, Trump people around. Apparently, there was a Trump caravan went through Gainesville not too long ago. Yeah, yeah. I wanted well, to play there. What? Gainesville, I wanted to play there. Yeah, we. I did too. I did too. Uh, it's all a right. cool city. I went to college there. Oh, nice. Nice, nice. Uh you got anything else, labor lifts? We're gonna we're hitting break time here. Oh yeah, let me just. Uh, uh, I guess I'll send out a message to the Street Fight listeners here. Uh, you guys were putting out um, asking if anybody had stuff for the zine. Um, I draw comics, but I am not a writer, so I keep trying to think of something to, for the zines and. Uh, I'm short of ideas, so if anybody wants to write something and get in touch with me, uh, Labor Lifts on Twitter, uh, I'd be really down to uh, illustrate something for the zine. Probably like a one-page thing is all I can do right now because I've got other projects, but yeah, nice. hit me up. Come nice. On. I would love to see that mashup. I'd love to see the Labor Lifts mashup. Let's make it uh, happen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thanks for calling in. Hell, if you guys have anything you want to see in a comic, let me know. Uh, yeah, I'd be glad to do something. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll, we'll consider that for sure. Cool, cool. Well, you guys enjoy your break and have a good night. We will. Peace. All right, we've got a Peace. fucking huge queue ready to, to waiting for us. We're going on break right now. Um, we will be back uh, after some music. Uh, I forgot what the name of the music is, but I think I just remembered it. They're called Maximum Effort. You can find them at MaximumEffort.BandCamp.com. They're out of St. Louis, Missouri, and uh, they are Tree Fight listeners. They sent us their music. That's why we're playing it. So uh, if you have music that you want to play on Street Fight, you can send an email to streetfightradio at gmail.com or you can message us on any of the other platforms uh, that, we're, that we're on that exist. Uh, let me see. What did they say here to make sure I get this message right? Uh, I'm a huge fan of y'all's podcast. You sort of become my new friends during this pandemic now that socializing is more difficult. I'd love it if you guys played my band on the show. We're a punk band from St. Louis with a focus on alien-centric conspiracy theories. Infowars.com. Our most recent album came out last spring and is streaming on Bandcamp and Spotify and most other streaming platforms. I can send you actual audio files if you need them. No, this will this will do. Uh, thanks for all you do, Tom Valley. I think Circle and Internet are the real bangers on this album. Well, I don't know what you're going to hear, but it's Maximum Effort from St. Louis, Missouri. They are available at MaximumEffort.BandCamp.com. We are Street Fight Radio. We will be back in 10 minutes or less. Peace. <laughs>
It's me. It's Brian. We're back from break. Uh, you know, you can find any information on Street Fight Radio at streetfightradio.com. Follow me at MurderXBrian, B-R-Y-A-N, on Twitter. And uh, Brett at Brett Payne, P-A-I-N. And uh, I don't know what else to really say when when I come back. It's uh, uh, I'm ready to take the rest of these calls. Nobody else call in because we're going to get to the people we have on hold. But uh, no jump ins because we're tired. Um, very tired. We're here at work. We're feeling tired. I feel like I need I, I have the 2 p.m. crash right now. Yeah, uh, it's time to go. It's not happy hour at Sonic, so I can't go get a giant cherry lime slushy to like make it through the rest of the day or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got we got blackberry citrus water. It's pretty good. My favorite generic water. I'm drinking uh, mango grapefruit. All right, from the organic, simple truth organic. 
Mango grapefruit. Mango grapefruit. They just will try anything together now. Yeah. Well, I like both of those flavors, so. Yeah, I don't put them in the same category. Well, I guess they're. Mm, I like both of them. I lo- I, I'm not saying I don't like both I of them. I like them together. I've just never had them together. Yeah, it's one of my favorite ones. All right, next call. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? It's you. Hello. Hey, can you guys hear me? Yep, we can hear you. Who's this? This is uh, Russell. I'm I'm calling from Texas. I'm a high school teacher, and I'm a, a graduate student of history right now. Oh, really? Well, that sounds... A, a grad student is hard work, and teaching high school sounds like hard work, too. So I, uh, I, I sympathize with you. Yeah, it's it's been a little crazy with the the pandemic and all that, but uh, I wanted to call because I wanted to build upon. Uh, I guess the first caller last week was talking about mental health and and workers' rights, and I, I it really made me want to call into you guys and talk to you about it. Okay, okay, what's up? Well, like one of the, one of the things, and it's it's very very out there in, in the education community right now but like the positivity movement in the workplace has really reached a point of toxicity i think with a lot of people like I, yeah. I i don't know if you've heard about this but a lot of teachers are talking about like like positive toxic or toxic positivity no i mean I get. I know what you mean when you say that, but I, I haven't. I haven't read up on anything. I don't know that being a, the new slang. <laughs> it's like like a lot of the public schools right now. It's like things are completely shitty, and and the the school districts are just bearing down so heavy on teachers right now. And and you get this stuff from your administrators and your superintendents about like we're in this together and let's be positive. And I think a lot of people are getting that in, in the workplace right now yeah. amidst COVID. And it, it just seems like that stuff's important and like therapy and, and like taking care of yourself is important. But I don't really think in our current situation, it's the job of our employers to be like raining that down on us. If that makes sense. No, because it usually is a thing where you're like, I don't feel safe doing this. And they're like, well, that's a negative thought. You know, why don't you get those negative thoughts out of your head? Yeah, you should try meditation. It helps. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I'm I'm hearing all this in the context of like, I'm having to go back to school and be in person with kids. It's, it's, it's fucking depressing being in a classroom with the, the classroom sizes are reduced, but really the the kids are showing up and all they're doing is clicking around on their computers with the teacher in the same room. I mean, we sit in complete silence wow. while everyone's trying to get their work done and, and, and so their online schoolwork done. Yeah. So, so you're, you're, are, are kids working at home at the same time that kids are working in the class? Are they working at the same time? So like the the kids all have to do the same shit. So I'm doing online curriculum right now and probably about four to five kids show up in person, but they have to do the same, the same stuff that everyone else is doing. Okay. Okay. 
And so it's like really like these, these kids that are being sent to school, it, it's like either their, their parent can't like monitor them at home or they like need a teacher to tell them to get their shit together. Yeah. I mean, that's what a lot of it is. I mean, that's what I, that's what I found too, is that like, you know, uh, my daughter's doing fine because me and my wife can both work from home and we can babysit her and we can help her get things done and all of that. But the kids that don't have that are going to get like lower grades. It's going to be like, Oh, they didn't do as well simply because their parents, their parents weren't willing to do the co-teaching job or weren't able to not even, it doesn't have to be a matter of willing. A lot of parents just can't do it. You know, uh, I, it's I, I like I came to understand like unless they pay everybody to stay home if they paid us you know the the couple thousand dollars a month for for three months and nobody did anything and no one went to school uh, and we really tried to get it down and contained like th- that is a viable solution but that's just not what America is going to do I mean they're going to tell people you got to go back to work and figure it out and keep a smile on your face be positive about it <laughs> you know at least you got a job or some shit you know yeah, and the the public schools they they draw a lot upon like what's going on with the uh, like Silicon Valley and and all yeah. all that sort of pro- progressive shit. And it's like I fucking hate these people so much because they've they've latched on to like the positivity and like self care movement in a way that I think is like really fucking cynical. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like logging into, I'm logging into work and reading my emails. My superintendent is talking about how we need to take care of ourselves and we, we need to do like fucking yoga and do all this self care. And it's like, well, it's actually mostly your fault Yeah, that's that a- I feel un- unhealthy right now. Yeah, that's like, it, it's your fucking fault. Yeah. That's the thing is them taking the reins of the conversation uh, them taking the reins of the conversation. It's like, well, no, this is positivity is something for me to figure out how to deal with your bullshit. Like you're not going to help me through this. Cause like, cause you're the cause of it. Like you, you are the one making me jump through these hoops. And now you're telling me that you have a solution for me to think my way out of this, you know? Absolutely. And it's like, I, I've been telling my coworkers the past day, like anyone that's making like, over three hundred fifty thousand dollars a year, and is in charge of you. They have no, they have no fucking business telling you how to take care of yourself. Right, right. You know, especially, especially when they're making your life considerably worse at the workload they've given you. Yeah, I it's, mean, it's apt. It's it's absurd. Um, our school district kicked the can down the road so much and like they wouldn't commit and they wanted to do all this hybrid, this or that. And and they were coming up with all these solutions. And the whole time it's like, I can't imagine trying to, to, to be the one that has to implement all this stuff to be the teacher. You know, my daughter's already doing it probably an hour more of school. She's going to school until five now. She takes breaks during the day and everything, but to get everything wrapped up, it takes an extra hour a day, you know? Yeah, and I I feel horrible for the kids. I mean, it's just this doesn't seem like a healthy way to 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 educate kids. And there there were all these guidelines last spring, like okay, you can only have them do so much online every week. And now that now that we're past that, they're like, well, we're just going to do all of school online. It's like, well, what 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 happened? to You guys talking about all, all this research to prove 
stuff that you guys were touting last spring. Right. The t- the- I mean, I'm, I'm go ahead. I'm just upset because I was probably a much better teacher last spring when I had less guidelines from like the government and the district and all that. Yeah. And they've, they've just piled it on us. Yeah. And the numbers keep changing too. Like I know people that are in digital academies and they're like, well, you need to have 80% of the coursework done to get credit. Uh, otherwise you have to, you owe money and shit. And then they're now saying like, Oh, it's going to be closer to 60% of the co the work done. Like the amount, like they, they came up with this idea of, of expectations and that's also fluctuating too. Uh, but it's just like at the end of it, like, are we going to be judged? How harshly are we going to be judged for this? You know, like how, what, what, how, how badly is it going to impact my daughter's grades? How, how badly is this going to affect like the, the teachers, the teaching situation and what's expected of them and shit. It's know? also just stressful. I mean, it's, if it's stressful on the parents, that pressure then gets also transferred to the teacher too. the, the principal and, and the administration pressure from them gets transferred onto the teacher and also the kids and the parents, like it all just goes on to the teacher, you know, and to tell somebody to stay positive seems like, I don't know. It's good for your well-being to try to be positive, but it's also that's probably used as a way to keep you from suggesting new ways of doing things because the 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 wheels of bureaucracy can't move fast enough to keep up with the problems. I mean, they had a whole fucking summer to try to figure this out. And uh, they just kept thinking, well, we'll just bring them back to school. And they knew they weren't going to be able to bring them back to school full time. They fucking knew it early on. You know, it was easy to tell that that wasn't going to happen. In the yeah, I mean, in the middle of June when it was going, the second wave was happening. I was like, why are you talking? They were they were talking about having us go back still at that point. Yeah. So they they kicked the can way down the road, and then it didn't work out you know it it, and and it was like everybody told you that everybody told you that wasn't going to work out you know uh my daughter's school just put it off put off going back full time they said it's probably not going to happen this year and it's like they should have fucking known that you should have made that fucking statement before yeah and i've said this on this show a few times it's like maybe the high school kids stay home and and then you can spread out all the younger kids that can't stay home alone in the high school buildings or something i don't know but the way they're doing it is bad yeah i absolutely agree with you guys and the the concern i have right now in this like neoliberal hellscape we now live in especially with COVID is like mindfulness training and like positivity and therapy replaces like workers' rights. Yeah. It's like, Oh, well this, this fucking, this fucking sucks, but you, you need to just start doing yoga every day. Did you know these magic people in India figured out how to make your life better just by thinking differently? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I went on a, a rant about this in one of my grad school classes because I there was a book we read called The Heart of the Mission, which is about how San Francisco got gentrified, and it's like it, it was about how like all the people that created the culture of San uh, of San Francisco got kicked out of San Francisco mm-hmm. and replaced by like by like Silicon Valley types, and it's like. 
you you have this like this like faux like Buddhist guy moving into these spaces and 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 telling people they 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 know the way and it's it's just so fucking shitty fucking pisses me off <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah i mean i like <laughs> i mean i have a bad attitude i like having a bad attitude uh and, and i want to improve my bad attitude uh, but i sure as hell i'm not going to be listening to any employer about how to do that or their yeah. work sponsored program not because somebody at work told you you're not going to change your whole outlook because somebody at work told you to right yeah <laughs> makes sense well it was good talk it was good talking to you guys. I've been listening to you guys for about four years now. Wow. And uh, I, a few of your other listeners have mentioned, I, I think you guys have emerged as the best podcast, like post COVID. Like you, you guys have really helped me through a lot of difficult times I've gone through emotionally. And uh, I also think uh, I, I listen to all the dirtbag left podcasts, but you're the only one I listen to with my wife which I, I think says a lot about how uh, you guys have tried to be, be inclusive and, and make a show that, that can be enjoyed by a lot of people. Yeah. Wives love us. That's the goal. Yeah. Well, thanks for calling in. That was a good call. Yeah. Good, good talking to you guys. Have a good night. You too. Yeah. Some highlights from the chat. Pigbart91 says, I'm a teacher and I'm basically passing anyone that shows up. They can audit me if they want. Yeah. Which is, you know, for, <laughs> for my daughter's school, um, basically they sent an email out that said, uh, they sent an email out that said, uh, report cards are coming out next week. Um, if you got emails that said, your kid needs to make up some work or your kid needs to show more effort. That was a serious thing. And if they didn't do that, it's going to be reflected in their report cards. Now my kid has not turned in all of her work. hasn't turned in probably half of her work, but we've never got one of those emails. And I think she's going to be fine, you know, because it is, it comes down to, they see me and my wife on the live stream, helping her through that stuff. And the effort is there, but that's only comes from like economic privilege, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's the only reason that my daughter is going to get a better grade than a, than a, another kid that's probably a hell of a lot smarter. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, yeah. It's the privilege of having a job where you don't have to go there every day, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. I uh, I don't know how parents who work real jobs are doing it. It's tough. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Yo, am I on? Yep, you are. Hey, what's up? This is uh, Kyle from the uh, like Raleigh, Durham, Chapel Hill Research Triangle area, North Carolina. Oh, what's right. up, Kyle? How's what's it going? Great area. Oh, it's going. It's going good. It's a nice little uh, brisk October evening. Oh, well, I guess it's not fucking October anymore, but it's a little uh, little brisk November evening in, in the Triangle area. You know, <laughs> I'm just kind of chilling, listening to listening to my new favorite podcast. Oh, <laughs> nice! Who, which yeah. what show? Yeah. Uh, well, it's the street fight. I'm a I'm a I'm a new I'm a new listener. I've literally been listening to you guys for like I think four weeks now. Oh, <laughs> wow. nice! Yeah. Cool. Glad cool. you called in. Yeah. 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 I I got you know, I made a new friend recently, and they introduced me to like this entire world of like as the guy before me said like the dirt bag left, and I I feel like such a noob. Because I didn't even know that this was a thing. And I felt so, because he, he used the word neoliberal health, healthscape. And I'm like, 
that's exactly how I feel <laughs> whenever I leave my house every day. Yeah. And uh, so it's been like a revelation. So uh, glad to be here. That's great. But, um, yeah, and that's why we did it. I mean, uh, basically, we had the same feelings, and we just wanted to listen to media and jo- and hear people say the same shit. You know? Yeah, I can't tell you how good it felt when we all met each other. The people that do the shows when we yeah. all met each other, it was kind of like, oh, there's a bunch of people that are just like me. This is great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially because, like, anytime I think that anytime I have found someone that's like halfway a like-minded individual they've still kind of been like a neoliberal type who like if i mention really radical things or things that i don't think are radical but they think are radical it's like oh my god you know like you can't you don't relate to those people yeah absolutely uh, anyway yeah uh i I was gonna call uh I, i was gonna give you a choice uh, I was listening to your show the other week. And you talked about like people who like sell cars. I actually used to sell cars <laughs> at one point in my life, and uh, or or I can kind of talk about a job that I had working for a neoliberal small business tyrant that radicalized me. <laughs> oh, let's hear that. Let's hear that. I I love small business tyrant yeah. stories. Yeah, that's kind of the vibe I've gotten from from the shows that I've listened to. Um, uh, so I, I don't want to call out any specifics, but I'll say that I worked for a fairly large and very popular craft brewery in North Carolina. Okay, um, I worked for them for like two and a half years, I think. Um, and it was cool, you know, coming into it, like really wide eyed, like, oh man, they do so much for the community. They're like really popular. You know, there's like a certain level of clout that you have because you're like, oh, I worked for this brewery. You're on the team. Um, yeah, exactly. Exactly. But anyway, I got the job there. Actually, it was the job that I picked up after I quit selling cars, oddly enough. Um, got the job there and I was like super cool at first, like. Very, uh, very hip owners, you know, like cool guys. We make beer. We've got like four locations in the downtown area, you know, come be a part of the team, bro. Yeah. And, um, uh, I'm working there. They, you know, I started me at like 12 bucks an hour fucking delivering kegs and cases of beer across the triangle area. And, uh, seems kind of, I, I know now that that is actually a very low wage for that job in comparison to what other companies were paying their employees. I mean, moving but, kegs and cases yeah. of beer out of a truck and into a place for $12 an hour seems, I mean, that, that is, that's yeah. hard fucking work. Moving kegs is the worst <laughs> thing in the world. They're so fucking yeah. heavy. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, 165 pounds. And like at that point in my life, I was a very skinny guy. I probably weighed about 170 pounds. So like I hardly outweighed the beard. <laughs> right. I worked at a warehouse. I worked at a golf course where uh, the kegs were in the basement and it was two flights oh, of yeah. stairs up oh, yeah. to the bar. And uh, I weighed 135 at the time. 
and uh, had to. God, yeah, I had to drag those motherfuckers up the stairs. It was so bad, and I would like sometimes get oh, help, dude. but if I asked for help, my boss. My boss would be like, well, if you can't carry out the duties of the job, then what are you even doing here? So <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man. that That's awful. You know, and it's like in it, it, the, the compound, like kind of, I guess, kind of like skipping ahead in the story a little bit, like to that point, like compounding on it, like you didn't get benefits off the bat. If you would think that at a job where like, so... <laughs> you're walking in kitchens and like if anyone's ever worked in a restaurant, you know, that the kitchen floor is a fucking death trap yeah. yes. and you're like, you're wheeling heavy shit through the kitchen and like going up and down stairs, depending on like where you're delivering to, et cetera. You're working in rain, sleet and snow. Like I shit you not my training week, there was ice on the road and we were delivering beer out the back of a shitty box truck because oh, our van was broke down. That oh, week. God. That's another, like, that's a, that is so, I mean, you know, the other reason why you should have health insurance is because your back is probably going to get fucked up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, at, I was 23 years old and like wide eyed and thought that I was working for like the coolest fucking company ever. So like, I just, allowed them to like normalize all of this for me. Yeah. And well, over the two and a half years of my employment, <laughs> as I said, became more and more radicalized. And that was kind of when I started to learn that I was a leftist. But anyway, so like they started me out at 12 bucks an hour. There are all these like promises like you can move up and blah, 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 blah. We're expanding. We're increasing our production. We're going to increase our distribution. And, you know, we're eventually going to need someone to head up this operation. You know, fucking carrot dangling <laughs> bullshit. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, that's man. a good one. That's a yeah. good one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So and then and then I approached them about like benefits and stuff after my three month employment mark, because I think that even though I don't really agree with that at all, I think most employers usually offer benefits after 90 days. So I approached them and they were like, well, actually our policy here is after one year, we give you a review. And if you're in good standing, you get access to health insurance. And I thought to myself, one fucking year wow. to get access to insurance that I act that I like I'm paying into it. It was like 200 bucks a month for their health insurance. You know what I mean? Holy so shit. I, oh, no. Yeah. 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 And so, uh, what, anyway, uh, long, I, I end up fucking moving up a little tiny bit, like not really move up. It's like, I think they realized after me being there for like two years, that I was actually a good employee and they didn't want to lose me. And they're like, we should give this guy like a fake job and like a couple extra bucks an hour. And I will say this, they did eventually, they did eventually end up giving me health insurance. Like they paid for a health and dental plan for me. Okay. But my problem, this is, this is where the problem started arising. People who worked in the brewery started to fucking hate me because they found out that I was making more money than anybody else in the brewery and they were giving me health insurance and no one else was getting the shit that I was. So then all of a sudden there was this revelation, this progressive company that's doing like 5k to end gerrymandering 10k against gun violence. You know, you pay $40 to enter this 5k to end gun violence. Yeah. You get a free beer at the tap room when you're done. <laughs> right. uh, they're out here. 
they had they had an in gerrymandering mosaic painted on the back of their fucking pizza restaurant. <laughs> like it's it, and and it's it's just this insane neoliberal company. And then all the people in the brewery started realizing, holy shit, there's pay inequality here, and they're not giving us all the same benefits packages. So like it was an awakening almost of yeah. the employee. Yeah, yeah, and then you know. People started asking for reviews. People started kind of asking more questions, et cetera, et cetera. I eventually ended up leaving because they had this like come to Jesus meeting with me because apparently I had a bad attitude. And it was like they wrote down this short list of shit that I that needed to be like fixed in my attitude. And like one of my problems was that like I went to the bathroom too much, apparently. And I literally told them I'm working in your hundred and twenty degree brewery where there's no fucking AC, there's just garage door ventilation, and I drink about five gallons of water a day, I'm going to go take a piss like every fucking 30 minutes because it's so much water that I'm drinking. I don't <laughs> die in your fucking brewery, yeah. in your fucking sweatshop for, for craft beer for yuppies. <laughs> but, um, anyway, uh, I ended up leaving eventually. I, that's, this is like the very, very, very abbreviated version. I left eventually. I ended up leaving because like, I, I took time off. They didn't give paid pay time off at all. No, no holiday pay, no sick pay, Fuck. no PTO accrual, none of that shit. So, like, if you got the flu, you ate it. If you fucking broke your leg in the brewery, you ate it because they also didn't offer disability policies on their benefits packages oh, either. God. So it's is... like, you just had to, eat, you just had to eat shit basically. So, like, I took like a week of unpaid time off, and then my day that I was supposed to be back, I called my boss and told him straight up. I'm not coming in today because this trip made me realize that I have some mental health shit that I need to work through and I'm taking an extra day off. I just want to call you and be upfront with you about that, which I thought was fair. I was like, you know what? This is kind of shitty of me to just kind of call off, I guess, but I'm also being really upfront with this guy. And then he ends up fucking writing me up when I get back the next day. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, I have I hadn't called out once in two and a half years. And you, and like you write me up. So I just gave my notice right then for the end of the month, I'm like end of the month, I'm out of here. Peace. Um, and that ended up being the end of it. And like in retrospect, it's so fucking shitty because like people in the area, in the area that I live in love this brewery as being like this pinnacle of progressive politics yeah. and, you know, in gerrymandering, in gun violence, you know, they do all these outwardly performative things and then, they have pay inequality among their employees. They won't offer benefits to their employees until after a year of employment. Uh, I found out that after I left, they started offering sick time and paid holidays because there was like a fucking insurrection among the people that were left. That yeah. was like, give us, give us some PTO or like we quit basically. All right. And it, the things that make it, the thing that make it so much shittier is that the majority owner of the company is a direct blood relative of a former mayor of the town that the company is in, who is like single-handedly responsible for gentrifying the city in 2008. <laughs> so he's like this old money real estate guy. Well, wow. That sounds That wild. is that. I mean, Hey, we've talked about some of these progressive sort of, companies we always brought it up with burgerville which is a, a a restaurant chain in the pacific northwest and uh their employees tried to form a union and they were like totally against it they broke the union and it was like uh uh but 
they do treat the animals that they kill for their food a lot better than the employees because they'll be like, oh, it's all farm to table. It's great. But it's like, yeah, you got people working here yeah. that you can treat well. And, and it's kind of the same thing with these uh, with these businesses, too. Well, I'm glad you're here. I'm, right. I'm glad you found us. And I hope you enjoy the yeah. show. Yeah. Well, thanks, guys. I appreciate you taking the call. You Thank know, you I, for uh, calling. You know, shout out to you guys for doing what you do. It, it's good to hear the opinions. Fuck people's opinions on MSNBC, man. I want to hear a couple of fucking potheads talk about shit in your basement. That's what That's I want. That's great. To These are the real conversations. These are the real conversations. That's what Thanks. we're here for. Hey, that's what we're here for. Thanks. <laughs> have a good one, Kyle. All right. Peace. All right, you guys have the chat pretty much figured out what brewery he worked for. <laughs> they did all the, the investigations <laughs> on who it was. Yeah, I didn't think it would be all that hard to figure it out. Yeah. But uh uh Yeah, I kinda uh I I, I is it one you've heard of? No, it's not one I've heard of. Oh, okay. Of. Well I I mean let's respect him and uh know that the other people listening are gonna figure it out too. <laughs> the live stream, you wanna go look at, at what mark we're at, I don't know, but yeah, you can go check it uh next call yeah let's do it let's take these calls thanks for calling street fight who are we talking to tonight what's up guys it's andrew hillary aka the ice cream man how's it going oh hey how's Mr. it going we're man. great yeah the ice cream man is back oh i've been here the whole time don't worry <laughs> <laughs> well, what's going on andrew uh, not too much. Uh, you know, just doing my normal panicking thing. Um, Brian, I got to tell you, one of my favorite things about the show is how open you are about, um, being bad with money because, uh, I am also extremely bad with money and it's nice to hear somebody else talk about it. It's weird how irresponsible it's weird how, you know, you're being irresponsible yet. You continually do it and you're going to do it till you die. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely can i tell you though uh so I've, i'm done with the ice cream truck for now but uh as i, I told you i was getting paid in all cash i have like ten thousand dollars that i don't actually technically need right now i just have and it is uh killing me not to spend it all yeah, yeah i would be tough. i you don't know the hoodies i would buy currently <laughs> You don't know the amount of money I'd be spending on designer clothes. It would be a dumb amount because I'm not even leaving my house. You know? Yeah. There's a few things that I've for uh, walking around. Yeah. There's things I've got my eye on. You know what I want now that if I had 10 grand, I would 100% buy. And it's the dumbest thing in the world. Oculus Rift. Really? I want, <laughs> I want VR. I know I won't play it. I know in my mind I would get VR, I'd play it three times, and then it would sit next to the PlayStation and the Switch. But I see it and I'm like, hmm, that sounds fun. I'm gonna go into a whole different world. Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean Have you ever have you ever have you ever tried one of those headsets? Like the no. VR headset things? No. They are terrible. Oh, oh no. So Super hot was fun, yeah, I like, thought. Um, I, my buddy brought one over like two years ago and it was just this, like game where you walk around a haunted house, but like, just like the moving your head and like knowing that your body is not moving, but the world is moving around you. It tripped me out. I did not like it. Oh, really? Well, you were, you did it. Yeah. I, I, I think the new one's supposed to be really good. So I'm going to lean towards, I still need one. 
again, you can't stream <laughs> it, so I can't use it for work. It's just a, a totally useless thing to me that if I had $10,000 right now, I would have it. You can stream it from PS4. Dude. I think you can do it from PS4. Oh, really? And stream it, yeah. I would own it. I'm telling you I would own it. If I had $2,000, <laughs> I would own it. And my wife would be mad at me, too. She'd be like, "What? what'd you spend on that? And I'd be like, well... 600 bucks for the games. I got the games with it and everything. I got all the games that they make. And it's like, you know, and there's probably eight people in the chat saying, don't waste your money on this. And my brain <laughs> is in the same spot it was in back in like, I don't know, 2010 when I thought I needed a 3D TV. Remember the 3D TV? Oh, yeah, with the glasses. Yeah, I thought I needed one of those. And fucking you would look crazy if you had those glasses now, you know? I wonder who's yeah. still firing I mean, up the 3D TV. Still have one. Yeah, someone's doing it. Somebody's watching TV <laughs> right now on a 3D TV. Somebody's sitting at home watching Netflix on a 3D TV. I bet the NFL or like some sports <laughs> team is probably contractually obligated to like broadcast in 3D TV for a few more years. <laughs> yeah. You get a 3D TV now for five forty nine. They got them still. Which is still expensive. Well, wait, let me click. I didn't click on the link. It's a Sony. 4K UHD, no, not 3D. No, uh, you can't gone. get. Uh, maybe you can find one on eBay yeah. though. Yeah, you know, and just have it mm -hmm. around the house. I know somebody that bought one. I do know somebody that bought one that too. we know yeah. that we both know that shouldn't have bought it, but bought <laughs> it, and that's all that counts. But yeah. uh yeah, you can't get a 3D TV anymore. Which, oh wait, six best 3D televisions. It's there's eight, so you can get them. Somebody said in the chat said they bought one and never got the glasses. What <laughs> I can't find one really, but uh, uh, what what kind of stuff do you do that make you bad with money? Like, uh, uh, how because I mean, um, if you have 10 grand and you're not spending it, you're significantly better with money than I am. Well, here's the thing is that, um, Seven years ago, my mom passed away, and I inherited all of her retirement because she never got to retire. So it was like, like a hundred and forty grand or something. Oh, and I spent all of that. <laughs> I spent all of that. I like, <laughs> I like got covered in tattoos and traveled around the world and just fucked around for like three, four years. That's great. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was really cool in the moment, but like looking back, I was like, oh, I could have just bought a house. Like, <laughs> yeah, now I have to keep paying rent. Um, right, but but so but just, like. I, if you have the same brain that I do, there was the whole time you were doing that. You're like, I got $144,000. I don't even when you had 20,000 left and then 10,000 and then 5,000, even when you had that little bit of money left, you still were living in a $144,000 mindset. Oh, absolutely. And what happened was, uh, you know, the first half I spent it in, probably 45 minutes and then like you know i slowed down as i got left but when i got down to about five six thousand um three things went wrong like my car i wrecked my car my cat needed surgery and then my roommate fucked me out of bills so like within like three months i was i had had to take out a credit card and i was like two grand in debt from being up five so so that's kind of like I'm just pretending that I don't have the money right now. Yeah. But it's like, it's still like, it's all I can think about. And like, 
the thing is like uh i'm like i'm a comedian so like if there was a option to tour like this would be i can pay for a tour right now but so i'm like in the back of my head i'm like if i just don't spend that eventually i'll be able to use it to do the thing i really want to do yeah so i just have to pretend that i don't have that's great yeah that is actually the smart thing to do that is definitely the uh uh the not the murder brian way but uh, uh, it's the smart way, and it's the way I wish I could be. Yeah, I mean, that's how I got the down payment for the house, was I put the money aside. Not, I didn't put a, a lo- a all my money aside. I just put aside money, and, and at the end of the month, it was like, all right, if you go negative, you have to go sell something. Like, you can't touch that money. Like, that money is going to be exactly, used yeah. for something better. You need to not go negative. That's the goal. You don't worry. You don't always remember that. You don't always think about, you know, that that stash that you have going, you know. But it is, I mean, mm-hmm. to breaking that, I, I'm also terrible. I'm still terrible with mm-hmm. money, but uh, it, it is, you know, I guess as you mature and get older and, and sometimes you can squeak it out, like, it, you know, eventually like saving up the money kind of felt good because it was like, I've never done this before. I've never actually just let the money sit in the account before. This is crazy. I'm like really proud of myself, you know? Well, it's even better because it was all cash. So I was like literally just building a pyramid out of stacks of like 20s and Ooh, like yes. looking at it um but i was making so much like that uh, ice cream truck I, if i would have worked the whole year i would have made twenty thousand dollars cash like it's crazy how much money i made uh again i think i told you last time definitely a very greasy setup like <laughs> yeah yeah for sure but uh well thanks but for hey calling. i don't want to keep you guys too long um i do have something i really would like to share uh i am making my own entry into the world of the dirtbag left podcasters um oh. i'm launching a, a new podcast that comes out tomorrow okay give them the name so they can yeah. find it what's it about uh it's called the worst week yet Good and name. basically i don't know like the worst week yet because like i don't know the news always acts like like everything is the worst thing. Like when Ebola happened, they said it was like going to kill us all. Yeah. And when uh, swine flu happened, they said it was going to kill us all. And like, I mean, that's just how the media, like all news operates. Like everything is burning down. So it's just basically like, I don't know. We just talk about the ways in which uh, the world is currently burning down. And uh, I don't know. It's like, not really like, I don't want to be a newscaster, but I do just want to like bullshit about the news. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. I know the feeling. That's what we do. <laughs> um, well, yeah. it, you know, we don't cover the news anymore, but for the first like seven years, we covered the news. Six years, we covered the news. And it, it's, uh, yeah. uh, it's good. It's fertile. Well, it's I mean, fertile it's ground. Like, you know, yeah, like, um, this, I, we just recorded our first episode today, and it's me, and I'm just going to have like just random people I find off of Twitter. Like, I had some, fucking uh some some comrade off twitter came on because he's like a a journalist and he like told me about what happened what's happening in chile Mm -hmm. which they just had like some crazy protest thing come to a head and they're like rewriting their constitution and i'm a i'm a fucking idiot so i don't know how that shit works but he came on and told me so it's cool that sounds fun nice yeah sounds great thanks for calling in. yeah yeah Um, thanks for calling in yeah thank you all Uh, right new episode first episode comes out tomorrow worst week yet nice Check it out. A uh, 65 Thanks. inch sharp flat screen TV with 3D shades, 750. 750. 750. What what movies are, are are available in 3D? Well, I don't even know if 3D shades means. Does it make everything 3D? 
No, no. You had to, I was just, because I'm, I'm Googling them, and one of the things I looked at said that uh, uh, you had to get a special DVD player, you had to get all this special stuff, and the glasses uh, didn't work with everything, you know? Like, so, like, you had to put the glasses on, but some, DV, some, T, some DVDs use different, things oh processing or processing whatever. so you needed different glasses for different dvds that sounds great yeah it's incredible i'm looking at the list of movies and it's like so small there's probably about 40 movies a year that come out on on 3d well it's done now they quit making them in 2018s when the last one was made what was the last 3d movie no tv the tvs once they oh, quit I'm making the, the tv movies. Like, kung fu panda they did in in 3d can you imagine Let's get one now and put it right in the fucking studio, dude. Some of the like they got Jumanji, they converted it from 2D. Oh god. Sherlock Gnomes was filmed in digital 3D. So if you want to see Sherlock Gnomes, probably 39.95 on 3D DVD. Yeah. Monster Hunt 2. Oh, they're still making them. They got them all the way to 2022. Yeah, you can jump in the 3D game right now. Suicide Squad's on there. Untitled My Little Pony film is on there. Yeah. New Space Jam is going to go 3D TV. I think this is kind of like getting into uh, Laserdisc. You know what I mean? Like me and you get really into 3D TV now. I love it. Yeah, it's a niche market. We go hang out with our 3D buds. You know, we just go to each other's houses and and check out Angry Birds 2 or or something like uh, uh, Terminator. No, Terminator Dark Fate. Oh, that's a good movie. Uh, the Star Wars are 3Ds. Okay, oh, those are classics. Spider-Man's, all of those. Uh, Predators. Marvels? No, I don't see Marvels. I haven't seen a single Marvel. Ooh, that hurts. The 3D TV technology. Oh, Avengers Infinity War. Yeah, the Marvels. Too. All right. Well. Pacific Rim in full 3D. Full immersive 3D right on your couch. Yeah. God, we wow. need we need one. We need one for the studio, right? Right by we we'll just replace the monitor we use so you can see stuff with a three D TV monitor, and then you get to watch three D TV. You get to watch what's going on on my screen in three D. That's that'll be a hit. All right, next call. They've been on the phone for fucking ever. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hello, Arnor. Arnor. Did you fall asleep and, and die? No, I don't think they died. But they're, hey, check your phone and see if you're on mute. 717. <laughs> We're talking to you from yes. beyond the grave. Check you, it. You passed over. You're a skeleton now. See if you're on mute. You might be on mute. You might be in a different room. You might be asleep. We don't oh, know. Shit. Oh, shit. Okay. Hey, I, I fixed it. Woo, seemed like the flesh deteriorated <laughs> from your bones. That scared me. I didn't yeah, think you were I, coming. I, I'm sorry. My phone, I haven't touched my phone in like literally 30 minutes. And it, I, it, I somehow muted myself. Ah, so, yeah. I don't know. My house is haunted. Oh, uh, that's, <laughs> that's probably what it is. Yeah. I was supposed to leave last night. Yeah. <laughs> um. No, I'm sure the house has been haunted since we moved in last year. The cats keep staring at like the same spots on the walls for like a long period of time. And I'm just like, yep, haunted. Yeah, Makes sense. probably. You're probably yeah. right. Uh, <laughs> who's this? What's up? 
Uh, this is Maddie Yolidarity. Oh, oh hey, hey, we know yeah. who you are. Yeah, absolutely. How's it going? Yeah, how's it going? Oh, we're uh, pretty it, good. It, Tired? It, yeah, I feel that. I'm I'm about the same, but I but the exception is I never do anything. So yeah. <laughs> Well, <laughs> we, I mean, you, what we that do. That gets tiring after a while. Not yeah. doing anything just gets tiring. Yeah, what me and Brett do it could does. be widely considered by some as nothing. <laughs> I mean, you guys do a whole lot more nothing than I do. So. <laughs> yeah, but it's nothing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What's it's up, Maddie? Um, well, I wanted to call in about like a terrible job slash boss story. Um, I like originally emailed you guys like three years ago when I first started listening, but you like never responded to my email, which, you know, I'm not upset about, you know, shit gets lost. How dare Um, you, Brett? You know, buried. Now blame Katie. (laughs) Just remember you can blame Katie now because she does check the email and tell us what needs addressed. Yeah. Well, like. A couple months later, you guys like made like a like a Twitter post or something. Was just like, yeah, we're trying to get through our backlog of email that's like two years old. And I was like, oh shit, I'm probably never going to get a response for them from them. So like, um, so it's yeah. no big deal. Yeah. Uh, There's an email address on the website that was set up by our our website person, and I forgot about it for a very long time. Yeah, I think that was the one that I sent it to. <laughs> yeah, sounds right. Yeah, yeah. But um, it's probably a month behind I, right now. Yeah. Well, if you happen to see it eventually, uh, <laughs> it'll just disregard it because I mean I'll give you like the cliff notes now since okay. it's getting kind of late. Yeah, but, let's, um, let's hear. So, <laughs> so like eons ago, like a decade ago, my first like real not paid under the table can claim on my taxes job was a movie theater okay. when I was a teenager. And I worked at the movie theater for four and a half years because I was too depressed to get another job. Uh, (laughs) um, And uh, for the first two-ish years that I was there, our general manager was a piece of work. Um, He was this dude, I'm just going to call him Jay because I don't want to like say his full name. Not that I think he's ever going to find out about this. But anyways, um, Jay was... Uh, this very strange, very strange little man. He was, he had a lot of like identity issues because he was like from India, but he was adopted by like a white Christian Republican family who just went on like an adoption spree and adopted a bunch of little Indian kids. Okay. And so he had like some identity issues. And so, and it was just, and he was like a weird libertarian and it was, he was just the weirdest guy. Hyper conservative. Um, yeah. Not like hyper conservative, but like he what he was he was bisexual, but he like mostly dated dudes, but he did like girls. Uh, but um, and he always dated like the most off the wall people, like just people. Like his ex husband was like a was like a uh uh. Uh, a crack addict. Okay. And would like come to the theater, like when he knew he was working and like, just like be, and just like kind of harass him like that. And it was, it was always awkward, uh, which like was, you know, nothing against the, my general manager, nothing against Jay, of course, like that's, you know, that's really shitty for him. Right. But, uh, this dude, 
towards the end, he just like really stopped giving a shit. And it got to the point where like me making like seven fifty five an hour, I was like working the safe and counting the cash office and shit like that Whoa. because like no one else was fucking doing it. Uh, also, I was trying to get promoted because I knew he was going to get fired. Um, <laughs> uh, but, but, um, so what, what culminated in like his firing, uh, he had been coming into work and then locking and throwing us the keys to the safe and then like locking himself in the office upstairs and, uh, Skyping his, um, his overseas boyfriend who was like a dip, who was like a, um, he worked in like the Italian uh, U.S. Embassy. Okay. Um, <laughs> and um, so, because his boyfriend worked in Italy, uh, they uh, he could only like talk to him like in our nighttime because it was daytime there, uh, or evening there, or whatever. And so, uh, we did not know what he was getting up to, but we kind of assumed, so we just never bothered him. Okay. Um. So there were a couple of times where uh, assistant managers or like supervisors would walk into the office to get cash out of the, out of the, uh, out of the safe. And he would be like in the middle of like doing a strip tease. (laughs) 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 And we were just like, uh, and so um, corporate had been monitoring him for months and finally, and like after like months of like gathering evidence, uh, they fired him. But, uh, so right after he was fired, of course, I had access to the theater after hours, me and a couple of my buddies that worked there. So we would, uh, cause we would, this was back when we had like the, the actual film reels and we had to like, actually like take the reels and tape them together. Uh-huh. Um, and so we would be there till like three in the morning, just bullshitting, like building and breaking down movies. And so of course us being little shithead, like 20 year olds, we went onto the computer and like, look and like it auto logged into his Yahoo messenger. And so we read through all of his chat logs with his boyfriend and found talks of just like bestiality and stuff. And keep in mind, this guy grew up on a farm. And so we were like, Oh no. Oh, <laughs> and like, just like talk. Yeah. And talks about like incest porn and stuff. And like, he was going to get with his boyfriend and the boyfriend's brother. What happened? She, she fell off. She went out. Are you sure? I didn't do it. Is there money in the account? There's money in the account. Okay, I was just checking. No, it's a fair to ask. It's fair to ask. I, I have let the money run out, but I did put money in the account. Okay, well, I think I don't. She hit the mute or something. I don't know. Could have hit the mute button. Is she still on? Yeah, I didn't drop the call or anything. Oh no! Holy shit! Okay. Ah, you're you back. The mute button got hit again somehow. This is. I didn't ghost. even touch my phone. Okay. This is a real definitely ghost. haunted. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> uh. Shit. What was the last thing? You- that you found a bunch uh, of stuff in logs. his messenger chat logs. Oh yeah, we found all of his chat logs, and it's just like talks of like doing like w- weird, freaky shit with animals and like incest stuff. And then the, the, the best part was when we found, we looked into the recycle bin and found deleted nudes. Uh, the dude didn't even clean out the recycle bin. So, oh, of course, dude. we, <laughs> so, of course, we refreshed all of them and, or, uh, or restored all of them and scrolled through them. And we were just like, why did we do this to ourselves? <laughs> um, and so we were. 
<laughs> we were all just screaming at like 2 a.m. in the in, <laughs> like after hours in the movie theater, yes. and it was a really good time. That sounds so fun. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. you can't get work computer. Uh, Don't do shit on work computers. No. Don't do anything. Because <laughs> you know what? You can say that that's like an invasion of the guy's privacy. But guess what, dude? I, I, I've never had a job where we wouldn't have done that. You know what I oh, mean? Yeah. Just like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it's a work computer. Everybody's goofing off at work. And that's just what happens. Don't. I remember when I, I told you this. I got that guy hired. Uh, uh, my, my, uh, my, one of my wife's friends uh, from a while ago, they're not even friends anymore, but her boyfriend needed a job really bad. I got him a job and then he got fired for watching porno during work and they came <laughs> and fucking told me that he was watching porno oh, no. during work and what he was watching because I recommended him to the, to the company. So, yeah, don't mess around at work, listeners. I know you get horny, and I yeah. know what goes on. But use your phone, use your own computer, don't mess around at work. That is the real lesson. <laughs> Not only was it a company computer, it was the company <laughs> yeah. computer. It oh, was yeah. the only the one. Only one. The and the guy's just horny <laughs> as hell, dude. He's just sitting in that office, yeah. and he's getting crazy horny all the time. Probably a young dude. You know what I mean? Yeah, he was he was the age I am now, so he was like late twenties then. Oh yeah, that's um, still horny times for dudes. Dudes are still going yeah. nuts horny in their late twenties. I was in my late twenties. Yeah, I he was a freak. Yeah, yeah, that's he great. was. He was doing it, man. He was living his best life. Yeah. <laughs> well, and Matt like I thought it was really fucking funny and like that he was doing that at work and like i i don't have anything against him in like that regard because i think that fucking rules but like he was also a really shitty boss yeah you know? yeah sounds like it <laughs> yeah well thanks for calling in maddie we we appreciate it that is a uh, funny call thank you <laughs> yeah yeah thank you for having me on yeah you, you guys story. have a good night yeah have a good night oh man yeah, don't use work computers for anything except for shopping and work. Really, oh, you don't want to use them for shopping neither. We um, because your credit card info's in there. Even like um, in like the IM systems that you have yeah, don't use at that. work, I, they tell you we can see everything you IM to each other, and people still IM the craziest shit to each other. We've been talking. We talk about this with COVID a lot. Is that people just think they're not going to get it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So when they say I can see everything that you I am, they're like, yeah, but you know, everybody at works I am right. each other. They're not going to find what it's I'm doing. A, you know, dropping a, in an ocean. Yeah, nobody ever thinks they're the one that's going to get caught. They're the one that's going to get COVID or the one that, that something's going to happen. No to one it. else is like setting up appointments for blowjobs in the parking lot on their instant messenger <laughs> except for you. So that's yeah. the one they're going to isolate. <laughs> yeah, true. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, guys. What's up? It's uh, Ryan. I don't have a nickname. So, you know, a lot of people have an AK or whatever. Yeah. Well, what's up, Ryan? I don't have one either. Right. Uh, uh, murder. So, but, yeah. oh, that's cool. I mean, yeah, you just, you know, that's fun. Just murder Brian. Yeah. Um, last week you asked, or sorry, Wednesday, you asked for uh, some spooky stories. I don't think anybody's told one yet tonight. No. 
No, we haven't heard spooky I think I might story have yet. One for you. Ooh. Okay, so I think this was like well, it's, it's spooky, you know, like it's yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> this past winter, I think it was, I was having a couple bourbons, playing video games. My wife went to bed already. Um, I went to bed later, pretty drunk. About four a.m., there's a like a banging on my front door, like Oof. super loud. Dogs going ape shit. Um, I'm up. I'm still drunk at this point because I only had maybe two hours of sleep at that point. Yeah. Um, so I get up, go to the door, check the peephole. Nobody there. My wife is freaked out. She calls the police because that's what you do. You know, um, she tells me that dispatch says police are on their way to the house, but they're not here yet. So my conclusion is, all right, somebody's trying to get in my house. Right. Anyone else? What you conclude? Um, yeah. Banging stops. A couple moments go by. The banging resumes on my rear door, which is a glass sliding door. So it, it's reverberating super loud, louder than the first one. Um, and I'm like, okay, fuck it. I'm drunk. My, <laughs> my judgment is impaired. So I've made maybe not the best decision, but I grabbed a Ruger 1022 that I have a rifle for squirrels. Yeah. It wasn't loaded. wasn't even partially assembled. It couldn't fire. I'm like, okay, if somebody's breaking into my house, maybe I'll brandish it. Yeah. Make them go away. I draw the shades open, two flashlights, two cops, two guns in my face and they're screaming gun, 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 gun at me because I'm holding a gun, right? Oh yeah. yeah. That's why you don't call the cops. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, turns out, okay. Yeah. turns out they were already here. Dispatch didn't know they were here yet. So they told her they were on their way. So uh, they were the ones banging on the front door. They didn't announce themselves, which is why I reacted the way I did. Yeah. Anyway, I let him in, let him in, put the gun down. The dog is, he's a, Talks a big game, but as soon as you get in the house, he's your best friend. So that was fine. Um, they're like, Hey, we got a domestic violence call. A woman called and said a woman had a, or her husband had a gun to her head. And I'm like, well, do I look like oh. that's happening here? My wife comes shuffling in and like t-shirt and shorts and, you know, like squinting in the flashlights. And you can tell they're like, oh, maybe something's not right here. Do we, what's going on? So they check our IDs. We're not the people they're looking for. They check the gun. It's unloaded. Like I told him. And they're like, not really apologizing because they're cops. Uh, but they're like, well, well, but they couldn't seem to process that they were in the wrong fucking house, you know? Right? Yeah. And they were, obviously. Uh, I don't really remember what I said at that point. I think I said, I said, fuck a lot. Uh, and then they left <laughs> kind of apologetically. Um, <laughs> yeah, you can't talk later. to their manager. <laughs> No, exactly. That's one one thing I regret actually, because I was you know adrenaline coursing through my body, and I was a few glasses of bourbon in. I didn't think to ask for their names or their badges or you know anything, right? Not that you're going to get any recourse from the cops, but like I could have tried, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, the kicker though, I found out they a woman had called a, a crisis center. I'm not really sure what that is. Maybe other street fighters know what that is, but um, she called them, and all she could tell them was that, hey, I'm in danger. And the last address they had on file for her was our house. Oh. So they called the cops. They came to our house. So the worst part is nobody fucking helped her that night. Probably. No. They came to their own house and they don't have her address. So not only did I almost get killed. So I hope she's okay. I mean, I I still think about it actually. Um, uh, And so I'm half Mexican. I look white. So that's good. And it may be morbid, but I kind of rehash it sometimes thinking like, what if I look different? You know, if they yeah. would have shot me 17 times oh, yeah. in the back door, what would the news, what would the news have said? Cause like, I'm not, you know, I didn't have drugs on me. Would they have been like, Oh, he had alcohol in his system. He yes. pointed a gun at me or whatever. 
I, I don't know, we're, my wife and I are pretty, we're upper middle class, I would say. So like, I don't know, you can't be like, oh, it was a guy with drugs. We came to his house and he pointed a gun at us and we killed him. I don't know. I just, well, yeah, I mean, really fucked up and I see, can't, go ahead. Walter Wallace Jr. got shot for having a knife and you had a fucking gun. I mean, that, that that's a, exactly. that's a very dangerous weapon, you know? And they're uh-huh. they're coming to a house. I've that, never been. They're expecting violence. Good. Go ahead. Exactly. Which maybe that's why they didn't announce. I don't know. I think you have to announce yourself. Maybe they did. I didn't hear them obviously because it's four in the morning, man. I just woke up. They're um, like vampires. No, I've never There's been a lot that of weird rules to... that we don't know. All of them. <laughs> Probably. I, I've never been that close to uh, dying before. I think knowingly. So that was. Uh, couldn't go back to sleep probably the whole night. Um, yeah, that was an experience. Uh, I can't imagine what it's like to live in a community where, where you have even more frequent interactions with police Yeah, on a daily basis. You know, I never really, you know, do that. Uh, yeah. So that, I, yeah, that's it, what I always, up. we should need to abolish the police. <laughs> that's why I always wish the thin blue line people would have, would have that uh, revelation, but they are not smart. You know, I was thinking, I was thinking the same thing though. Like you got these, I mean, I used to be like a gun hating liberal, right? But not so much anymore. Uh, but I wonder these like two A guys who have like AR 15s and they're like behind paintings and shit, you know, what, what happens if, you know, this happens to them and they're like, Oh yes, finally it's the home invasion I've been waiting for. I get to shoot somebody and it's the fucking cops that you like the boots of all the time. Like what happens then? Yeah. Cause they know. bang on the door. Not their own possibility. They do bang on the door and grab it stuff and shit like that. You know what I mean? Uh, the last time the cops came yeah. to my house, I was scared shitless until I saw it was the cops, you know? And then I was like, oh, yeah, I didn't anything, <laughs> you know? So if they, if they would have said it was them, I would have, you know, probably let them in and be like, hey, there's nothing happening here, you know? But shit, you don't say who you are in the middle of the night. I don't know, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That is a spooky story. That That is one of the scariest stories I've yeah. heard this year. <laughs> <laughs> kind of dark spooky but yeah hopefully uh it still counts uh, yeah it does it does <laughs> thanks for calling in yeah thanks for calling in all right guys see you later peace bye i'm gonna i have to go grab a drink and uh drop uh some water did you answer the call i'm about to okay there it is thanks for calling hey. street fight who are we talking to tonight oh this is ellen from vermont what's up ellen how you can doing can you hear me yeah i can hear you i'm all right how are you all right, cool. I'm okay. Uh, uh, getting towards the end of the show, so I am uh, uh, waking up. I guess. <laughs> no, I'm just tired. Uh, you know, the time change fucked me up today for some reason. Yeah, I hardly noticed it, which was nice. And but uh, I probably have about half hour before my two year old wakes up and uh, requires assistance. So I'm glad to be t- chatting with you. Yeah, yeah. Well, what's up? Well, uh, I wanted to call and talk about um, a strike at my local coffee shop that was uh, crushed by, uh, you know, pretend progressives and uh, how shitty my whole community was about it. Oh, no. A second time. Uh, Are you naming names or are we just? uh, uh... Sure. No, this is uh, Mocha Joe's. Mocha Joe. They. I uh, know. I guess that's like a Larry David joke. I never it watched is. that show, but people keep making that joke. So. It is. It is. That's why I said it like that because, like, it just popped in my head. Like, no, Larry David's always yelling Mocha Joe, and it's in the new season of Curb Your Enthusiasm. He's at war with Mocha Joe. So, well, him too. How timely! 
Yeah. Uh, good, good for him. Good for him. No, I figured it's been all over our local Facebook, so I, I feel comfortable, uh, you know, saying who they are. Okay, what so, happened? Um, well, the setup is that this is, um, I live in like a small, like pretty progressive town, and this has been our like local coffee shop for about 30 years. And, uh, they, you know, they make a big production about being fair trade and like all this very progressive stuff, which is probably true, but uh, also they're really good at marketing and uh, they got a lot of t-shirts and they definitely have like a real, you know, hipster coffee shop thing. Like they really have that locked down. A lot of people are like super into it. They definitely have like a small business cult of personality, I would say. And, okay. Um, that seems to be the basically theme. Basically the coffee shop. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. Um, the coffee shop is like a real small thing. It's like in a cellar and, uh, you know, they always have like local art and like, you know, it's, you can picture it, I'm sure. So basically Saturday, um, the employees went on strike. The employees who are the baristas at the coffee shop, not the people who are employed at the roaster, which is also in town. And uh, their demands were what I would call bold yet reasonable which was that they would like to make $15 an hour. Um, somebody had gotten fired and they wanted that person reinstated immediately. And part of that bullet point was that they, quote, wanted to refuse service to any individual that makes them feel unsafe, including law enforcement. So there was some kind of, like, deal between a barista and a cop, but they didn't really get into it. And I thought that just as a statement, refuse service to any individual that makes you feel unsafe, including law enforcement, was pretty straightforward. Um, they also wanted full disclosure and transparency for the cafe and the roasting shop of like people's salaries, including use of PPE grants and salary of managers and owners and the profits of the company. They wanted two weeks of paid time off in case they had to quarantine if it wasn't uh, covered by unemployment. And uh, not to have to use their vacation time for that. They wanted to not reopen the seating or the bathrooms until the employees decided it was safe. And they wanted um, adequate PPE, masks, hand sanitizer, gloves, cleaning supplies all the time. Um, and they wanted the demands met before any investment in the infrastructure machines or appliances for the roasters or the shop. Okay. So that was, that was their demands. And... Uh, they wouldn't open the shop and they sat out in front of it with uh, signs and they made some statements on social media. So the next thing is the company uh, releases their statement, which I took some notes from the dear, our beloved community. Uh, so they just kind of uh, go over what happened, but they kind of have a different spin on it. Um, one of the quotes from it is, uh, one of the demands the cafe is that the cafe staff be allowed to refuse service to police officers or anyone else for that matter. Not only do we disagree with this position, but we are not even sure if it's legal. We support mm -hmm. calls to fix policing and it, we support the BLM movement, but our cafe's doors are open to everyone. Okay. It is legal to refuse someone service. Like, yeah. And famously, there's a guy in town who is such an asshole that he is not allowed to go in there. So they know damn well that you can reserve, reserve <laughs> refuse service to someone. Yeah. The uh, whole statement that they released was, like, insanely disingenuous. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. you know, you have to. Here's the thing. 
when you are saying we shouldn't be forced to serve people that make us feel unsafe, you have to add police officers because the company will fucking take it upon themselves to say, no, police officers make it actually safe in here. You have to put cops in there. Because if you don't put cops in there, if one gets out of hand, you can't do anything about it. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm like, you know, I feel like it's like if you you look at it from the opposite direction and say, well, you know, you can refuse to service to anyone. I mean... Like, what's the worst case scenario that can come out of this? That means that if a cop goes in there and acts in, like, a creepy manner, well, that's, like, some protected class that you can't say, I feel uncomfortable dealing with this person. Mm -hmm. You know? It's like... And, I mean, obviously there was some incident between a barista and a cop there that caused that to be written in, but they didn't bring it up in the statement. And... There's too much like flying around about it for me to feel comfortable saying like what it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's but that, that something happened. But I feel like, go ahead. The business used that to break a strike, though. That's the thing. They like seized oh, they- on that one thing in order to to break a strike. What did they end up doing? Well, it's not the only thing they. Oh well, it, this is. I'm not. Can I read the uh, rest of the stuff I grabbed from their statement? Yeah, sure. So they get into the $15 an hour, too. Okay. They, they um, quote, quote, we want to be clear, all the cafe staff received $15 an hour or more. We ran the numbers, and with tips, the range is 15 to $18 an mm. hour. The baristas are paid $10 an hour. Yeah. And they have a tip jar. Yeah, with tips. So they figure, yeah. And what they actually want is a guarantee that if they don't make $15 an hour with clips, that the company will make up the difference. Uh, but they're all over the place telling people that they make $15 an hour, like to, like as if that is their hourly wage. That's how they're representing it. Wow, that is... Um, um, you know what? You know what? I think you took the correct temperature. Bold, but yeah. reasonable. Bold, but reasonable. Yeah. $15 I want 15 Like, we're going to get more than that sometimes, but 15 when we don't. Yeah. And I don't think it's yeah. a crazy thing either. And I don't think that's a crazy thing that, I mean, well, also, obviously it's not. Let me tell, let me be cynical for a moment. It can be spun into a fucking marketing campaign. Exactly. You can go and tell everybody on oh, your yeah. fucking Facebook how great of an employer you are, and they'll all get, they'll buy the next limited edition oh. bag of coffee. And they did. It was so slick the way that they like spun it, and the, the way that they grabbed onto the to the police thing, and you know, made sure to get it in there that they were for reform and all this nonsense. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, I like this part. We're lucky to have such loyal customers at our cafe and who buy our roasted coffee online and in stores. At this point, we're going to close the cafe temporarily out of respect for our customers and existing staff. Oh, so okay. That that they kind of left everybody on a cliffhanger, and then this is on their Facebook page, and then like all these people started commenting, you know, uh, don't give in to them, and like you know, stand up to them as if the employees are the ones with the power in this situation, and not this like entrenched pillar of the community. So totally like people not understanding what the dynamic here is. Absolutely. And, 
you know, it, it was just really gross to see. And, like, there were people who were like, I'll come and work for free. <laughs> like, come the fuck on. Like, those were the worst to me. Like, not just the people who were like, ah, crush the workers. They're all replaceable. Yeah. The people who were like, I will come and give up my weekends to go work at my <laughs> local coffee shop because it's such a part of my identity that I go there. Yeah. Yeah. But, it's outrageous. Uh, That's the worst. So, uh, yeah, uh, they ended. Uh, we wish you didn't have to come to this, but 2020 continues to baffle us all. So basically, they kind of like, in my opinion, took the temperature of like what the community was going to react yeah. with this. And as soon as they had a bunch of support, they, um, you know, uh, people, someone kind of fired back and like posted a thing that like, you know, said, well, actually, we make $10 an hour and like, you know, We've asked multiple times for there to be masks and cleaner and like stuff like that, you know, be stocked and it's not being stocked and we have to stock it ourselves and buy it and, you know, all this stuff. So, um, and this is all in the space of a week. It happened like wicked fast. So like by Friday, um, they had fired everyone who went on strike and released a statement that said, uh, let's see, uh, Brattleboro, we are so grateful for the support from our community. We are touched by the hundreds of messages and calls. We thank you for keeping an open mind and supporting Mocha Joe's Coffee. So they're going to move on with the cafe without this group of baristas. We genuinely wish them the best. Uh, We believe that good coffee is for everyone, regardless of how you look, who you love, how you identify, and yes, your profession. Oh, wow. <laughs> so uh, also uh, really clear that uh, they're, they're really clear. They really want to be clear that the handful of baristas, all of the baristas who work there, picketing Mocha Joe's are good people. Although they strongly disagree with their decision to target Mocha Joe's, a family-owned coffee shop in a small town during a pandemic. And then uh, some bullshit about living wage, some bullshit about PPE, um, some bullshit about how they empower workers throughout the supply chain. And then this is my favorite part. We believe that good coffee is for everyone and that we make damn good coffee. If you haven't tried our coffee yet, and then a link you can click on to buy their coffee. Ew. In their strike busting, we fired everyone's statement. Oh, man. Oh, I hate yeah, they're them. They did. They that are is fucking next level. They are next level evil. Mocha Joes. Fuckers. So... If anyone wants to throw some money at the people who got fired, you can look up Tenants Union of Brattleboro, B-R-A-T-T-L-E-B-R-O on Facebook, and they have a Venmo link if, you, if anyone wants to support them. Right on. Hey, and, and you know, uh, uh, if you feel like taking a look at that statement on Facebook and commenting, you know, go for it. It's just something yeah, I was totally, thinking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, join the fun. It's been quite the deal. Like people have really it's been really interesting to see how anti labor my community is, um, because they really like to pat themselves on the back for being super progressive. And, you know, I've seen people really take views that surprised me and uh, I also feel like maybe some people have been pushed closer to radicalization. Cool. So, Cool. Maybe that's Great. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks well, for calling. Thanks in. for calling yeah, in. Appreciate it. Yeah. Well, thanks for taking my call. Uh, thanks very much, and thanks for working. Um, yeah. yeah have a good you're one. welcome. Have a good night. All right. Take care. Okay. You ready? <laughs> yep. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? 
Hi, um, I also DM'd y'all because I called a little bit late because I fucked up the time time zone. So if y'all are trying to be done with the show, I can just call back in a future week. Um, I don't want to make you hang up. Yeah. If it's a You've long been on story, for a while. yeah. If it's a long story, you might want to <laughs> do that. But if it's not a long story, then we can take it now. All right. Um, no, it's it's pretty short. Um, this is Tyann. I've called him before. Mm. Um, yeah, and, um, so hope y'all are doing well and everything, but, um, in the time since I last called, I have now quit two jobs, which is the greatest feeling in the world when you quit a job. Yeah. Yeah. Um, New life. (laughs) The the most recent one that I quit though, the reason that I did and the thing that I guess I wanted to call in is I think it's really fucked up because I was working, um, 50 to 58 hour weeks. And it really is fucked up when you have uh, significantly less free time than you do working time. Like when your entire day is just built around when you're at work. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. Like people, all of your errands have to revolve around the small period of time. You're going back and forth from work, you know, friends and family don't get to see you. It's, uh, Mm-hmm. I, I mean, that's like what, what Lerm was talking about at the beginning of the show, where they're like, you have to take the overtime. Um, there are places where they're like, no, this is your life. Like, you, this is what you do 10 hours a day, six days a week. Exactly. It's it's like really, really awful because, yeah, like you said, you don't have any time to actually talk to anybody, like all of your parents, especially... Um, my hours was I alternated between four in the morning to two thirty in the afternoon and five in the morning to three thirty in the afternoon. What the fuck? And it's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. that that makes you into a deranged person. It really does. It drives you absolutely insane. I mean, every day I was like driving to work, just, like blasting like Electric Wizard at like fucking full volume, doing like seventy on the highway. Um, I've been like a 55, just like screaming. <laughs> yeah. I've had some third shift jobs. It's so hard to make work. Um, and then like the, just being, being social, having a, a, a normal life when it, with other people is just really not on the table. Mm-mm. And it fucks your weekends up too, because you have like the weekend or you have like the Saturday, which, you know, I would work every other Saturday and then, on Sunday, you just spend the whole day trying to get your fucking chores done so that you can just go back to work the next day. Yeah, and it's one of those things and like not worry about them. It's it's kind of like the the restaurant industry where like, uh, you know, they're the only people that drink from two a.m. to four a.m. or five a.m. So like, that's who you're going to have to hang out yeah. with. That's going to be your coworkers are going to you know they're the only people that are on the same fucked up schedule as you. Where it, it you know it doesn't seem weird to, to meet at these odd hours. Yeah, exactly. And the worst thing about that job too, is it was like all my coworkers were like fucking like MAGA chuds too. So it was just a lot of like, just kind of like grimacing and like being like, all right, well, I don't have to interact with you guys too much. At least like, let me shut the, like just shut the fuck up and let me eat my lunch in peace. Yeah. And then go home and I guess be alone for the rest of the night. Yeah, that's um. But so those those hardworking jobs are just they're just not worth it. Nothing about them is worth it, and it always is like miserable people like that that are willing to give away their whole fucking life and like, well, I get a lot of hours, I get a, I make a good paycheck, you know. It's like for what? Yeah, and it 
Exactly. It's like, is that really like all you want to do with your fucking life is like make this good paycheck? Like you don't want anything else for yourself at all. Right. I don't know. It just seems very, it's like, uh, it's very, very miserable to me. But so quitting that job though is an extremely liberating feeling. Uh, I think quitting in general is one of the best feelings you can possibly have. Yeah. It rocks. I love the wind that just lifts you like a little bit off the ground as you're leaving. Like you can just, you're just lighter than air and just the whole world is your oyster. You call your best friends and you just bring over a six pack and you're like, we're going to need another one of these in an hour. Let's get a case. <laughs> it's, I quit. Exactly. I quit my job. It's the, <laughs> it's the greatest fucking feeling in the world. But so now I'm trying to. Now I'm trying to find a career that I actually somewhat want to pursue. So I'm uh, looking into being an apprentice for a funeral director. Oh, that sounds oh. cool. So, wow. Yeah. So that's where I'm moving on to now. So it'll, it should be pretty interesting because I live in Wisconsin now and uh, you don't need a license to be an apprentice for a funeral director. You only need one to be like an embalmer. Okay. So um, I've been calling a couple of different places to get the apprenticeship. And then while I'm doing the apprenticeship, I'm planning on getting a license uh, to do the embalming as well. But cause I, I think funerals, you know, it's, it's typically seen as kind of a morbid profession, but I think in, in a way it's actually like a very kind of like good and optimistic profession because, you know, I've been to a lot of funerals and, um, that last impression can be very helpful for a lot of people. And I think it would be really good to be a part of that instead of just doing like bullshit backbreaking manual labor jobs for you know the next fucking 40 years or whatever yeah that makes sense yeah and, and it is like uh someone needs to be there that is like at ease and uh can make it run smoothly and not have to be any more awkward or weird or, or life-changing as it is you know you can just make it a, a yeah and also you can you can probably get some I mean I would start wearing like purple velvet type stuff and like really goth it up. <laughs> I would do the Vincent Price mustache probably something. That's how I that's the direction I would go in. <laughs> like I would really go macabre. Oh, definitely. <laughs> oh, absolutely. That's 100% the direction I'm planning on. <laughs> Drive a hearse to work. <laughs> That's a good yeah, idea. do the fucking uh, Harold and Maude thing where he transformed the Jaguar into a hearse or whatever. Perfect. <laughs> One uh, of those Harley hearses. <laughs> oh, that would be cool. But, um, but yeah, that, that was all I got. I know it's getting kind of late for you guys, so I don't want to keep you up or anything. And my cat is begging at me for his wet food. So yeah, thanks for go, calling. Thanks for taking the call and everything. Yeah. Have, have a great one. Thanks. Appreciate it. I know if a couple of people dropped right. off, you know, uh, thank you for doing that. It <laughs> makes our job easier. <laughs> But I just realized there's a notes function in here, so I can add notes. So the next time you call, um, I'll answer you first. You don't have to answer. You don't have to wait again. So oh, tight. If you got, if you, if you made it all the way and, and you, you uh, hung up early, I added a note to your account, and uh, we'll make sure you get premium service here at Street Fight Customer Service. Nice Street Fight okay. HQ. Yeah. Well, let's get this last one in. No more calls. Oh, we're out of here right on time too. We did it. We didn't work overtime. No one's getting paid time and a half. 
and we get to live our lives, you know, splendidly and enjoy our time without working 60-hour weeks. We're Street Fight Radio. Please consider supporting us. We want to spread this mess across the U.S., and I know we've talked about how much we make in past call-in shows, but really right now the money is going to uh, expand what we do. Katie has taken over a lot of the shipping and receiving stuff, and Jason is going to handle more zine things, and... I'm working on doing more creative stuff, so uh, all that extra money just goes to extra help to make my life easier, so I have to do less spreadsheets, um, which I would love to happen. Uh, head over to patreon.com slash Radio to sign up for a monthly donation. You get lots of rewards. It's all laid out there, but you can get digital zines, video content, and premium audio like Shocktober 2 or 100 Million Tons of Steel. There's so much to dive into. There's several years of content now if you really got a lot of time on your hand. So consider it uh, and and do it. And uh, there's lots of new merch in the store. If you want stickers, if you want pins, go to store.streetfightradio.com. Skull t-shirts are still in there. And we've got the Lermworm shirt coming up soon. It's very cool. I've already seen it. I'm excited to put it out there. And if you can't get Patreon, Shocktober 2 will be in the store like pretty quick after I finish, right? Or That's true. Yeah. Yeah. For people that can't do a sign-up thing, you can get Shocktober Volume 1, you can get Holy Boys, and you can get Teen Fight Radio for $5 at store.streetfightradio.com. We'll just send you the MP3 files to get the whole series. And uh, that's going to be the same for Shocktober Volume 2. So that's coming to the store soon as well. Also... You can get that Icy Jake tape and the Icy Jake digital download with bonus content that isn't available anywhere else. Uh, that's all at store.streetfightradio.com if you want to support the show and what we do. We appreciate it. We'll be back on Wednesday for the Basement Show. We're Street Fight. Peace.